welcome to Gamers of the Lost Ark, your place for deep delves into specific games and the amazing emotions they bring forth with me, the host, Ryan, and my guest this week, Phonexus Talia. You are back. Yep, back Round again. To another fantastic emotional game we're going to be going through today, which is Ghost of Tsushima. Oh yes, I'm so excited. I love Ghost. Yeah, uh, this is something that I think has, has become, particularly for yourself, um, something that's a, a flagship of your Instagram, I say. <laughs> yeah, actually it was like, I think my Ghost screenshots were what kind of really made my account blow up mm-hmm. in the middle of last year, and then it's like, uh, I'll leave it alone now, but then just full circle, back to the comfort game, and Back yeah. to what I know. Yeah, for sure. Although you were saying not too long ago that this game became your comfort game as well at one point, just to go back and uh, have a wander around and stuff. It did, because before I played it, I was on my Witcher fix. Yes. And there were just so many similar elements from Witcher in Ghost of Tsushima that it was just so effortless to transition that into the gameplay of the game. And it's just the environment and everything was just so smooth and just the characters as well. And over time, it was just like so invested, even though like, you know, exactly what's going to happen at the end. You put yourself through that emotional trauma again, because it's just, it's so good. It's phenomenal. Yeah, this, this game was so, so I will quickly interject as we're nearly two minutes into the plot now that I will give my forever spoiler warning of this is a full blown everything spoiler from this we will be talking about everything in this game um i haven't played dlc so i doubt i might stop off the dlc i haven't played it so maybe i'll leave that um but but the the main ghost of shima um everything we'll be talking about it so if you haven't played it then jump off now thank you very much listening to this point go get yourself a, a nice big bowl of ghost and uh, eat that because it's great. It's a fantastic video game that everybody should play. Um, and if not, then you have played it and welcome to the Ghost of podcast and enjoy going back through the memories of us. So, <laughs> yes, um, I thought to begin with, especially until, I don't know, the, the you sort of retrieve your uncle. I was thought it was quite a slow burner for me to begin with, where I was like, I really liked the gameplay, I really liked the characters, I thought the world was utterly beautiful, but I wasn't really like viscerally attached to anything. Um, and then suddenly, I... as you like, and I'm sure we'll go through each of the sort of side questy characters. Like that's the kind of people I was a bit like, even Huda and stuff. I was a bit like. I kind of like I like them it was, it was like you know like there's a difference between like and love and it's like you know I, I kind of like that character but I don't love them but like mm. I sort of thought that once they hit about four or five of their nine quests that you can do with them like it really like went intense the only one that I did um, attach myself to almost immediately was Lady Massacre because you can't really help but be affected by that story um, but yeah oh, I just that, was that was the one thing I was saying that, that like I kind of started the game and was a bit like oh i wonder if you know it's going to continue for me just personally whether it's going to continue being something that like i don't attach myself as viscerally to and then bang by the end of this game i'm as hook line of sinker as i ever have been in witch or any other game you know 
Um, and I know it starts off pretty hefty and stuff with the beach scene and everything. Um, oh, that beach scene. Uh, it's really I had emotional. goosebumps. <laughs> it's really emotional. Mm. Um, like from the start. And it's just it's just fantastic. But anyway, so I've got a very sporadic notes where in which like let's say for example, which we'll get to later on, but this is just one I'm just pulling off the the page here is I've just randomly written honor with nothing else. So like <laughs> stuff like that for us to go through. <laughs> um, Excellent. Yeah, that's it. So I started off with Jin though, just as a character. Um so Jin, talk me through how what he means to you and, and how you thought about him. Other than being a complete snack, he is just... (laughs) I really enjoyed watching his growth as a character based off of just the, like, evolution of the story. Like, when he's right at the start, so honour-bound, but then he, as he's travelling through um, Toshima and helping villages and seeing the carnage and everything the mongolians are like spreading across his land and seeing like the certain tactics they use and him being like i need to evolve i need to fight them differently but then like being pulled back being like no you can't do that that's not the samurai way but him being so like resilient and be like well this is the best for our people and you can still, like, having that option to still kind of stay true to being a samurai, but still, like, eventually having to go down the path of being the ghost and seeing how it affects him. It's emotional, but at the same time, it's really good character development, I think, with how strong his resolve becomes right near the end where he's like, this is what Toshima needs, like, you can demonize me all you want, but I'm doing this for our people. Yeah, I thought sort of when you got to that stage, which I'm sure we'll get we'll get into as we go further on. But specifically, mm. yeah, the roundup. I was like, he's very much leaning in, into the, the Batman esque, you know, the hero the, <laughs> yeah. that Gotham needs, not what it, not what it wants, however, you know. Um, yeah, and, I, I liked that, and I thought that was a, thought that was great. Like he is that ghost, that shadow of the night, that dark dark night, you know, um, which I thought was... his symbol would be like a samurai helmet in yeah. the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just think that they hit you with like some pretty hefty, weighty stuff with him though, straight away, like with. The, the flashbacks are just so perfectly timed and so oh, yeah. excellently done where you go back and you're training with your uncle and it's like they hit you with all those beautiful red leaves, leaves falling on that very first scene. You're like, oh my God, this is just beautiful. Mm. Like, just straight away they hit you with like, especially because you're, 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 you know, the first scene you play is like dark and grim and you're like running down the beach and slicing people up and stuff. And then you hit that point where it takes things back and it's like really beautiful and nice. And then it like, takes you through his history of his dad dying and all this kind of stuff which is like mm. like hefty stuff to begin with and i like the fact that like he has like this kind of deep history and then you can see then that like they've done the same thing i think it's specifically when you take on that first mongolian camp or something you go outside and he has that like or it's just after you stab the first guy isn't it like you assassinate him um, yeah like as a player you're thinking yep i'm gonna go sneak up and kill this person yeah. sneakily but then it just triggers him thinking going back to being trained about being honor and that you fight from like you never fight from the shadows you always 
face an enemy head on like that's the coward's way and seeing how much that small thing like for us as a player be like yep i want to just quickly stealth kill but him as a character being like oh shit what have i done like this doesn't feel right this goes against all my teachings but then just him shaking it off like yes i have to go forward yeah and it's cool that it like they consistently throughout the game build on that and build on mm. that kind of like feeling as if he's betrayed what he is for for his home which is so mm. cool because he has to weigh things up in that and i just think that that's just it's so perfectly done and i just love him as a character i think that he's like reserved but not removed and you can tell that there's this like hefty emotional weight to everything and like we'll get on to it later on about the ending and stuff because i really want to sort of break that down because that is hefty like i mm. did not i was not prepared in any way oh, for yeah. the emotion of that um but yeah just in general i just think is a is a fantastic protagonist and stuff and i think like interestingly going from ghost uh, going in from horizon so i just completed second horizon and like mm-hmm. He's he's such a contrast to Aloy, like, but he, yeah, he's like really cool and mm. like really like I don't know, kind of stoic or whatever. And like, I just think that he's he's just a like he, it's weird how in his performance he's able to like put it across that everything means so much, but also showing so little emotion as well. Because that's one thing about samurai, they're taught that they can't express emotion. Yeah. It has to be very controlled, so it does show in how he carries himself and how he interacts with his people and companions. But it's very, it reminded me of Geralt a little bit because there'll be those small interactions with other like NPCs where he's a little bit sassy. And it was it's just so not expected, and you're like, oh, I love him even more. Yeah, like when you... One of the things that stood out to me was when you can flirt with, um, oh, I forget. Oh, Yuna. Um, was it Yuna? You, you can you can flirt with the the other one as well. The um, what's what's the the archer? The archer uh, girl. Tomoy. 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 When you mm. meet her out in the in the wilderness, you can kind of flirt with her when she's like. Or like he kind of gives that gives that off of being like oh you know because she's mm. like oh you're you're like an oppressive samurai man you know you can come, come stay the night with me or whatever <laughs> yeah and he's like a little bit like there's a little bit of like warmth and uplift yeah, in his response definitely it's yeah, like this, oh this. Jin get it <laughs> yeah there was a little something there which is cool um, mm. but yeah so so just in general my my roundup of of Jin obviously he will be intertwined in everything we talk about here because you play as him but like mm. just in general I think he's just a fantastic protagonist like really e- extremely emotional deep has lots of history has lots of like complexities that make him so perfect you know mm. and, S- and Sucker Punch did really well with the voice actor that they chose and because that's the thing and for all the characters they look like their voice actors. Which is amazing, like the little amounts of detail in this game when it comes to like appearances or just historic detail. They've done really like like it's just such a good game. Yeah, it's it's really like meticulously like made with love, care, and attention Mm. to 
the culture to the island itself to the moment in time they're in and everything and it's mm. just it's perfect but i i must say that i i started the game with kaylee so i started playing it on in japanese oh yeah, yeah she can understand it and i was just reading the the subtitles and jin is super cool in japanese too he's much mm. like deeper like his voice is much deeper and stuff um and particularly i did think that the that khan the khan was much better in the japanese version because he was like really scary sounding like and i'm not like, oh. he still sounds scary but like he was like far far more like he had more far more of like a booming voice um but yeah, it was just interesting that I was worried that, especially as as I find that a lot with like anything I watch in Japanese, and then I go to like the American say version of it, and I'm always like, yeah. oh my god, like the characters like say like Advent Children, for example, the Final Fantasy VII movie. Like I watched that in Japanese first, and then watched the American version. I was like, oh god. But like once I transitioned this time, which is a huge testament to all the actors on the English speaking side, was they just all effortly transitioned, effortlessly sort of mm. transitioned, which was perfect. Um, but yes, okay, so we'll move on to my second note. Please, at any moment, chime in <laughs> with any of your notes. If there's anything I'm missing, know, or anything I'm going over, anything you, you want to fire in. If you've got your own notes, you do have your own notes, yes? Um, just as sporadic as yours. So yes, this okay. is two agents of chaos okay. living their so, best life. So we'll just, we can just take turns. And if you mm. scratch anything off mine or I scratch anything off yours, we just, we'll just skip over it. Um, so you go ahead. You go ahead and, and, and hit us with one of your moments or thoughts or feelings or <laughs> actually you you mentioned him um the khan i think he was a like probably unpopular opinion but he's one of my favorite characters from yeah. the game just because it makes sense logically what he did like of course you're gonna hate him because he's bringing all of this carnage and violence to toshima but from an outsider looking in, very logical, very like yep. methodic with what he was doing. And just, yeah, the presence he had. I admittedly haven't played it in Japanese, but it is something I want to do because I want to do that playthrough where it's all like black and white yeah. and just very cinematic. But his presence as a character, just so intimidating, but at the same time, it's just... It's hard not to like him. I feel like there's uh, he's pretty easy to hate <laughs> with yes, other people, yeah. but it's I just from like a character point of view, I just think it's so well done that he saw what the samurai were doing and were like, well, easy, easy done. I'll just exploit that. Yes. You you guys fight with honor. I have no qualm with <laughs> fighting dirty, and it just like on that beach scene where one of the I don't think it was him. It was another Mongolian general that just douses that samurai yeah. and and sets him alight. And like every, like all the other samurai are like, holy shit, what do we do? And basically that's why they get overrun because they have an intelligent enemy facing yes. them. Yeah, he's he's really cool. I like, I think that what I liked about him is that like especially later on, they gave a little bit of context. Like when he says to Jin, like, I know what it's like to live in someone's shadow. And I guess that they're mm. like sort of foreboding either, like that would be Genghis Khan. Um, yeah. And I like, like that he kind of like, 
dipped in a little bit of emotion there, but I just like the fact that he just kind of stays as this like evil character, and that they don't mm. give him too much of like a, a like. I, I like the fact that when it's said and done, that he really isn't the bad guy, like the bad mm. bad guy. He he is like this. This whole story for me is a battle between honor and like doing right and how mm. they can and how they can cross over but like he stays to his sticks to his guns of being like look you know i'm here to invade i'm an, I'm an invader i'm like a you know and, and he's intimidating and that's mm. cool. i like the fact that he has this kind of like I, I i remember thinking like i don't know halfway through the game at the start as well like just at random moments i'd have this kind of like fear of facing him yeah, like on that bridge when you yes. fight him for the first time, I'm like, yeah. they're really chucking me into this right now. Like, I barely know the mechanics of the game. Yeah, and I think that's cool because it's again that that scene there just to just to stop off in a second because I haven't got it written down is super cool because they throw you mm. in to that like you know, you're facing the the bad guy straight away, the very biggest baddest person, and um, yeah, that's super dope. I really like that. Mm just kicks 10 pounds of shit out of you and then off you pop off the bridge but like you know it's he is just really really cool and i think it's cool that you brought him up because i had him down um but only with with the with the ending really i thought that he was just he just served his purpose perfectly like he was yeah. this, he, he really and this is something i have to say about the this is something i've got written down as, as, is the overarching story like the purpose of it the freeing mm. of toshima the 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 fact that this place was being invaded and you're trying to get your sovereignty back and that there's all this awful stuff's happening was such a motivation for me like mm. i think i struggle sometimes even with like especially with games with like camps and stuff like that like i struggled a little bit when i was in um although i absolutely love doing the camps but i struggled a little bit when i was playing um assassin's creed odyssey because you mm -hmm. can fight both sides and it's like very like oh. i could just walk past this without any consequence because it doesn't matter you know rather than mm -hmm. every time i saw even just like a group of them on the road i'd be like you bastards got to take yeah. you out you know like and and there's the fact that it has this like weight to it because i'm like you know for Tsushima all the time in my mind which is like cool i like that really Leah, they make you really invested for the cause like i'd be chasing a fox and then i could see like a group yeah. of mongolians coming over I'm like no nah, you got to wait i'm going to take them off yeah i'm going to do the standoff right now and then we'll get back <laughs> to patting you yeah 100% and I think that that's all like born of him and and the Khan, and it's cool that like mm. he is this like overarching and and I like the fact that like I I always think villains are always best used when they're not on screen, and mm. they do a good job of sporadically using him at the right moments to continue that want to face him and that want to remove him. That's like, it. Just, like, just as you kind of think to yourself, like, oh, you know, everything's going great. And then, like, he will appear again and do something. And you're like, ah, bastard. I'll, I'll mm. take him out, you know? Um, it was very impactful every time they yeah. brought him on screen. But I also enjoyed the fact with him that, like you said, he served his purpose, but he never, like, wavered. He never, like, when he faced Jin near the end, he wasn't afraid. He knew this was coming. 
but at the same time, he didn't like beg for his life. He didn't go back on any, like he didn't regret anything that he did. And they don't make you feel sorry for him. They just make you feel more towards Jin because when they have more conversations, you can see Jin getting consumed by anger, but then all of a sudden trying to draw it back and think calmly. And that internal struggle whenever he's like interacts with the Khan, really well done. I enjoyed 100%. the intensity of their conversations. And the fact that the Khan changes his mind of wanting to use the ghost, you know, that was a, a huge, mm. a huge point. Um, the only slight, even if I had to claw at something that I would say I didn't like about this game was one moment, and that was just when Jin freezes hands when he's on that pole. Because oh, I was just yeah. like, "What?" So you're telling me the entire reason that I'm even here right now is just because a mongrel can't tie me up properly. So, like, you know, that was the that was the only thing that even flickered into my mind of being like a slight, tiny bit of like plot negative. Um, yeah. But but again, it, it was served its purpose. It, I, I understood in the moment that he needed to get free. You know what I mean? It, it was nothing. I didn't sit there mm. and go, "Oh my god, I'm not playing or anything stupid like that." It was just <laughs> that I just thought in the moment, I was like, "Oh, couldn't someone have just freed me?" <laughs> I was like, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, th- I think the the overarching story it really plays a part, and the, the, this game does a real excellent job of like attaching you to that overarching narrative, mm. you know, and and making you really feel for what's going on and feel for like the, and see the enemy as the enemy. And I like the fact that you mentioned it a little bit there, and that is that the Khan is just a bad guy, and he's not like in, in a world where. I think most narratives now, albeit in movie or video games or anything, like to give like a, a villain a backstory of like, oh, he had a tough childhood, or you know, like there's some kind of like, I don't know, depth that will make you feel sorry for him, like you said a second ago. But mm. I like the fact that the Khan's just he's just horrible, and that's all he is. Yeah, <laughs> the Khan's the Khan. Yes, exactly. Well, it's another word, but I won't say that one. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll keep the Aussie at bound. Yeah, very, very similar, you know. <laughs> very. <laughs> um, but yes, okay. My next thing is just, and, and I, I do have Uncle written down, but I'll save that for the end because I think, like, sort of going over him, his whole story of his uncle would be worth sort of doing at the end because mm. obviously that's how the game ends, and that's great. Um, but yeah, so I've just got music, ambience, and visuals. So those three as a combination are uh, create. Oh what can only be described as like one of the most visually audibly and like i don't know feeling beautiful creations i've ever seen and it, it's just a, this game is utterly a work of art it is like a living painting it's great like so overwhelming for all the senses i remember when i first had like pressed to do like the way like whenever you would have um, to like try to show where you were going and it would have that wind to be like your waypoint. But just that like sound alone, when I first did it, I got goosebumps and it felt as if like wind was being blown beside me. It was so good. And visually, I can't. It was just, I'd get, as you can see, I get lost in photo modes and that, was just a treat it everywhere had like a beautiful sunset or the fireflies were just in the right area or the moon and it was such a clear night and then you hear like the 
really eerie music if you like when you come across that when you I think it's that Miss um, Mythic's Tale where you're going to fight the samurai who wants to learn one of the techniques and he's hiding out at that samurai graveyard where all like the katana yeah. and everything are in the ground and you go to fight him but the music there is so still but there's like the slightest bit of music just to build up the intensity and the suspense but it's just a clear night as well and everything just works it it brings into the moment it really puts you there so you're like feeling well hopefully what Jin is feeling at the time not to complete it but at least a small part of what he's about to experience yeah, like there's a there's one little side mission I remember where the, you find this girl in a little hut and she's like, oh, the the children, these like demon children are about, and it's like, oh, what does this mean? And then like it plays mm. all this like these creepy like violins and all this stuff as you're yeah. like going through the water and Jin's like something touched my leg and all this is like, oh, and it's like really like gets your horror. It's like mad. Yeah, <laughs> and like it's it's cool how like there's such range, but particularly yeah. like. The, you've got the overarching like themes in these moments where like they play like actual music like people singing and stuff like that that is just fantastic musically in these different moments i've got one that i stop off on later on that i'll talk about but like it, it's just it really is enveloping like it's it's this is why i just think the video games are the best way to consume a story compared to anything else is that there is it's got everything it's got your art it's got your music it's got your 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 characterization it's like hollywood of of mm. like conversations and dialogue and everything like but this this game particularly like it's ambient music is just like it's like a yoga retreat at times mm. it's so beautiful and so relaxing but it's like, like that like tranquil music whenever yeah. Jin gets into like um like a hot spring yeah and it's just like the ding 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 like kind of mm-hmm. flute or the weird twang yeah and it's just so like peaceful and there'd be like, times I just had like left it like that yeah it's like mindful as well mm. like when you compose those haikus and stuff like they are perfect like they are mm. really reflective and they even made me reflect on like, my own life at times and i think that like you know when you think about these different things and you like have a look around it you take these moments to like stop and take things in because usually video games are so like go 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 here go there mm. go here go there you know that like these moments where jin takes time to ground himself is really exceptional it's really cool and it's- yeah when he was at the hot springs and it'll be like yeah. reflect on my uncle Yes. Or reflect on my favourite foods. Yes. And it's cool. like, you do you, boo. You're, this is your time. Reflect on whatever. Yeah, 100%. And it's cool that they add that in. But, like, yeah, mm. like the, the game is one big screenshot. Everything is beautiful at all times. Even when I'm going through a forest and there's fog, like, at night, it's beautiful. And, like, in the daytimes when you're going through, like, these huge fields and all the leaves and like the particles that blow around all the time and like there's a few like shockingly beautiful moments where the first time i came across that place which is with lady massacre where you go to like this temple and everything's just covered in yellow leaves it's like oh yes. my god that was like the first moment i was just like 
and again, there was so many times where I would stop myself and take a moment, you know, even when the game told me to, and just look around and just enjoy mm. it and take it in. And that was actually the last thing I'd done in the games. I returned back to the home, your home, which I must say is possibly one of uh. the most beautiful places in any video game ever of like all the different colors and amazing things like the white tree that's in the middle of the lake and the red tree that you trained under and like the golden trees that all surround your house and stuff but with the whites oh it's just mm. utterly fantastic and i actually went back there and just walked around and just took it all in for my last little walk around before i moved on to my next game and i was like this game is just a complete and utter work of art it's just utterly beautiful that was me when I was just ra- running around randomly and I come across that massive field full of spider lilies because it's red spider lilies are my favorite flower. So when I saw that, I just, I think I spent a good amount of time just slowly walking around everywhere and it went from um, like sunset to almost like full moon for in the time that I just spent there because it was just so beautiful and the sounds of just the wind and there was a trickle of water because a body of water was close by. It was just, it just takes you there. It's almost as if you are there, but it also helps as well um, with impacting like the, the start, the contrast of it. Cause there was like, it's such a beautiful area, but then there's that part where you're with Yuna and you come across that village that the Mongolians completely burned down yeah. and just seeing it all black and covered in ash and just ambers, seeing the true, like it, it's still beautifully done, but yeah, seeing like definitely. something so full of life yeah, the bit all of a sudden, like you lose yourself to begin with and you get mm. shot or whatever it is. And you're like, it's the first kind of when you're up in the North, and mm. like it's all grim and grey, and it's like the first time you see them using the po- the the poison on on that you used and stuff. Mm. Um, and it's like again, it's like grim and gross and burning everywhere and stuff, but it's still so effortlessly beautifully done, you know. Mm. And it's just the art, like game design, art design. I think the cin- the the cinematography in the cutscenes is like just perfect. Like, so good. They give you these big spacing shots of just like beautiful shots where, like, you know, th- you know that the people that made this game are like, shit, we've done well here. It's so beautiful. But, like, oh, there's just, there's so many places and so many moments. Like, I remember later on in the game, like, when I walked out into the big snowy part of the game, and there's like the trees have this kind of like glisten to them. And mm. it, like, it's almost like Christmassy. It's so, like, kind of. Like everything that's like diamonds, it's great. And then mm. there's one particular place as well I have to mention, which is like you go up to it. It's it's, it's up in the north ish, and you it's like a a big temple, and it's got this almost like grey stony sand, and oh, it's just so beautiful. Like all the popping like colours of the trees, and like you'd mm. think that with the array of colours that they have that you it could easily be overkill, but it never is. Yeah, you like all the time I was like, oh, this bright because you in photo mode it would let you pick what kind of foliage would yeah. be falling. And I was like, oh, this is a bit like in your face, but when you go to that temple that's covered with the orange and yellow leaves, it's 
it's not. It's so well done in every like time of day and night. It's just very beautiful to look at and walk through because just even like you can hear the hustle, the bustle of everyone in the temple, the slight sound of like the leaves brushing up against things. Yeah. And then you're getting people like trying to stop Jin to talk to him. It's just very stimulating. Yeah, for sure. In a good way. And I think that, you know, I would hope that if you haven't played the game and you've got to this point, then this should intrigue you because I, I even if you don't even if you hated third person role playing games, I'd just be like, just just have a run around in it. Because it's just so beautiful. It's just so it. just it's such an experience. Like it's it's honestly like and I thought this about Horizon when I was playing it as well. And I think this might just be the case with like just modern games as we go forward because they're so accidentally constructed that like this is not only just one of the most beautiful things that like in video games it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen like at times just in my life like just sights that I've seen you know mm. and I've like gone and had a look at cool mountains and stuff in real life but like the like there's certain moments in this game that I'm like this is like as jaw dropping as seeing sights in real life it's insane. That's it, like climbing up the very top of one of the temples and just looking out over to the ocean at the full moon, but seeing like the vast land, it's just, it makes me want to go to Toshima. Yes. If like everything, if once we get some sort of normality back in the world, I would love to go back to Japan and just hopefully go see Toshima. It would be so beautiful. But it would, it's, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so, so um, and again, yeah, the, the music is just is just utterly fantastic as well. Um, oh, like the music on the beach, yeah. like you hear like the explosions and everything, but there's that intense, like orchestrated, we got to go kind of yeah. background music, just ties in so well. Because in some in some games, when there's like too much game sound effects, you can't real, and it's almost as if both of them are competing. Yes, for like like airtime whereas both just complement each other so well it's like a well-time explosion happens just in a part of like the background music where it's just slowed down a little bit or there's like no more battle going on but the music is still like no you're like this isn't safe you still got to keep going and it just makes you really live in that moment 100 percent and and this game is is just oh it, it really is i just we'll 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 move on because we could probably do a whole podcast on just how beautiful this game is and <laughs> ryan I, and talia simp for ghost of shima yeah, i just i just can't even give it enough justice and obviously i, I always I like to think that these these podcasts are like my love letter to the developers or to the game and to how it made me feel and everything like a, a backlog of of memories that that i collate and and that of emotions that these games make me feel but like yeah i can't even explain how i how much i just enjoyed this game's visuals and, and audio and everything um i know i don't feel like i can do it justice yeah. i keep being <laughs> repetitive but yeah. it's just like that this is how it is it's just so good just go play it and yeah. oh my god 100%. and if you're here and you've played it you know exactly what we're about so um yes uh you, you want to fire up with another thing uh, I think like, you know, in games, most of like the main characters that you deal with, it seems like such a chore to do something for them or, yep. but 
all the characters in Ghost of Tsushima, I just really enjoyed doing their side quests and then being like being disappointed that I've got through all of them in that area and then you have to proceed to the next area to further the quest. Because yeah. it gives each of the characters that Jin interacts with their own screen time and you learn more about them as a character and how they are and you just fall in love with each one of them. Yes. Like Lady um like Lady Masako. Her story, like when you first meet her, it made me cry. Just how like strong she was trying to be, but how just broken she was because of everything that played out. And watching her, like her story, how cause she like that time where you have to go duel her because she's kind of blinded by rage and it's like I don't want to fight you. Am I about to kill one of, like, my favourite characters? That was, like, a really intense moment. And I, I had, like, saved the game prior to it because I'm like, if I have to make a choice here, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to mess it up because I don't want her dying because yeah. she's so badass. But she's all so the cool. characters. I think mm. we'll, we'll, we'll take this opportunity then to go through the, the side questy characters. and mm. And I think that what this game does so well and i think that it, ha- it has a tight cast small not with not a great deal of people that's something that i think it might have learned from god of war um the, the like god of war is 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 really good i think because it has such a small cast of characters that you just end up intimately caring about each one um mm. villains and everything and i think that they do that really well like there's not too many villains in this game either like it's just the car and that's it there's not like the Khan and then some other guy and some other guy, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, particularly with with these characters, they just do well at like diversifying the stories enough that they don't feel repetitive. Although a lot of it's like the standard kind of you know Western RPG of like going and, and doing stuff or saving someone or you know follow this and go here or or like fetch quest, you know. But like, mm. it, it it doesn't feel that way at any moment because each of them have their own motivations and their own like intrigue and stuff. And particularly Lady Masco obviously stands out, so we'll stop off at her first because she is mm. so weighty. And, like, you know, her story yeah. and her performance is excellent. And, like, it, it's just something you obviously can't help but attach yourself to. I've lost my entire family, like, and I had to bury mm. them all. So, like, obviously you're like, oh, okay, you know, it, 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 whatever she says, I'm in. But, like, mm. I like the fact that as it progresses, Jin becomes her conscience. Yeah, and like that he, moral compass. Yes, and he starts saying to her in these moments, like, "Let me talk to them, or let me do this, or let's not rush into this. Let's not just mm. swing our sword at everything." Which is cool again, because it plays into that overarching thing of like he still uses his samurai training at times, and still uses mm. these things that he's learned from it. These like emotionally, emo- how to emotionally control yourself when you're like erratic. But it's like it's it's so good. Like she is each moment of her story, she unravels. I think a bit more. Mm. and she's just so filled with this rage that's so relatable like if if someone just killed all your family you just wouldn't even you wouldn't even think about stopping and talking would you like you wouldn't you wouldn't even cross your mind you'd just be like oh you have something to do with you bang dead you know and i think mm. that they just play out her entire story really really well yeah i think they do that with all the characters as well hers is Hers is one of the most impactful. I think Norio's is also rather impactful. Yeah. His right near, like, when he got right near the end, it's like, oh, damn. 
I don't understand how you can still be a calm monk after all this stuff that's gone on and then full circle moment. Yep. Like Jin, again, trying to be the moral compass throughout. Yep. I feel like he does that for most of the side characters, actually. He's always yeah. kind of like that little, like, just think of this, please. Yeah, he like interjects with these little things or these little moments where he tries to do his best to keep them on on the the straight and narrow or the, or the the righteous path let's say and like i think the only person that he even does that slightly or like i like the fact that with the the gentleman i can't remember what's his name the um archer um ishikawa ishikawa yes he, he does pretty well at like challenging him and i like the fact there's loads of these moments where like you'll finish a mission with him and he'll be like don't ever like challenge me you know don't ever challenge mm. or, or you know challenge what i think is right and wrong and you know all these different things and that you know it almost like it starts off with him teaching you but it ends up with like Jin teaching him really and that he ends up going like at the end like oh and i think that he's such a contrast to massacre and that it's like his is like more personal and like is a like a, a personal thing he's got with with um tomoy and it's like mm. that the, they 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 go to these different places and they feel like each one feels like different flavors. And although like like mm. saying with with um, Norio that like he really has like his his grounding is in his brother, you know. Yeah, and that's cool. And but it's it's just cool that they like explore the things in different ways rather than massacres like into her entire family. But like and they go to these different places, and I think it's really cool. Hmm. Like, it's very much catered to the character. It, I think it's almost created in a way where to remind Jin that he, of his, like, samurai teachings and trying to be the samurai that he is to bestow on these people who have kind of, like, lost their way because of the casualties of war. Yeah. And it's done so differently, the way, like, Helping, um, Lazy Masco get over, like to add, not throw herself basically on a suicide mission, trying to kill all the people that killed her family. Um, there's Norio who completely calm until he finds out what happened to his brother, and then he just goes on this crusade of like hate and violence, and Jin kind of has to deal with the aftermath of that. And then Ishikawa kind of, he almost feels kind of guilty for training Tomoe, but um, there's no real carnage that happens to him. It's more so to their people because she's essentially teaching, using what he's taught her to teach Mongols to hurt the civilians of Toshima. So you can tell there's complexity in the fact that he, like, loves her doesn't he mm. you know it's like, her, in, in, like not romantically I don't think but although I, I felt like that was hinted at sometimes but like he it, it was just this kind of like responsibility of a lost child you know yeah the, and this is my responsibility I should be yeah. the one to take care of it and that's and that's what clouds his judgment again like there's usually something that clouds each person's judgment and it even mm. happens with uh, Kenji where like Kenji's missions are great, they're funny, they are a nice 
sort of more comic relief to the side missions that are usually quite hefty, but they do end up becoming hefty. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. I really like the fact they go there with that, where it's like, he's an idiot doing things for himself, but then kind of wants to do things for, like, the the whole place, and then he ends up being a good guy, and it's, like, cool. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, there's always... It's always nice when they do have that character that kind of grounds it a little bit and makes it a bit lighthearted, but at the same time, he does get himself into a little trouble. He does come up with all these schemes where he thinks it's going to help but really it doesn't and Jin's always there to be like bail him out or at least help smooth over because there'll be like people that wouldn't be happy with what he's done and Jin would have to be like it's okay like he's gonna (laughs) apologise I think that he he's just again it's like all these different flavors as I was saying but like he he's just a perfect example of like he is that like you know that his heart is he's not a horrible person deep down you know yeah he's just a bit of a fool and he's a bit of a you know chancer and he'll like try his arm at this or try and make a profit here or you know this that and the other and I just like the fact that like it ends up getting to the point where you would think that those type of missions where it's just like you know, Kenji getting himself into some stupid scenario that you've got to get him out of that would like that mm. would you'd think, oh no, you're just going to mainline Massacre story because you'd just be like, I want to just do Massacre on it. But like, if I came across, like, I'd be just as invested, you know, mm. just as invested in those stories and be like, oh, I've got to get him out of this. I'm I like, you know, like it's Kenji and he's just a fool and he doesn't mean it, you know, like those kind of things. I like that. I like that they had all these different like flavors and stuff. I think it's great. That's it. It's like, I just can't leave him there. He, yeah. He's like a baby lamb. He needs yes. my help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like a like a puppy that's chewed the sofa, isn't he? You know. He's like, that's oh, it. gosh. <laughs> How can I stay mad at that face? Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but like, there was times where, like, especially as you were saying very very early on in the pod where you were saying about how like Jin has these kind of like sassy moments there's those moments in mm. where that is with Kenji where he'd like kind of say like a bit Geralt style like kind of deadpan like sarcastic reactions to Kenji and stuff that would make it like quite funny and comical and seeing like that side of Jin was great and allowing him to have those those moments was cool um, and, and in an otherwise let's say hefty world and hefty storyline it was nice to have these moments of just stupidity but also that had weight as well because at the end of the day you do help people with him and he does end up helping he does end up caring and when he says like later on that he's doing it for tacky and stuff is cool like it's like mm. you know he has this honor and he has this like friendship that he ends up earning with you and stuff that he ends up being there during one big fights and stuff even if he's like hiding in the corner and stuff like oh don't let me <laughs> um, mm. but yeah I, I like that um I liked the at the end of Norio's story. It got as hefty as it did, and they kind of left that open ended, where they were like, I, I, they, "They, you never had a real moment to be like." He he kind of says at the end of it, he's like, oh, "I'm going back to the to the place, but I'll never be able to be the same person again." And yeah. and then you go back, and he's just like, "I went back straight away," but he's just walking around. You can't really have a conversation with him. Um, mm. But I just thought it was interesting they leave that open ending. I like when stories aren't like fully, fully rounded up, where he's like kind of he was almost saying that he might never be like a real, real monk again, you know? Yeah, because of the path that he took mm-hmm. and his actions. And 
I enjoyed that too because it in those times it's like not everything needs to be tied off. Not everything has to have an answer. And I felt like that's what Norio's character was like because he's just gone and done this extreme thing. But now's not the time for him to sit down and talk about it. He's pretty much dedicated now to helping Jin finish out what he wants to like do for Toshima. But he can't return basically back to how he used to be. And that's how he just leaves it at that. He doesn't really go into too much and Jin respects that and doesn't push. And yeah, it's just a nice thing. Like you said, it, it doesn't have to be closed. Everything has to have like a finishing. It's just open to interpretation. Well, yeah, I kind of thought like they've done that with his brother, where it's like, did his brother die or did he kill him? Yeah. Which was rough. Yeah. When, I, when I saw that, I'm just like, oh God, you're going to have to. Like, he can't live like that. But then it's like, he, but he, that's his brother. He's not going to do it. And even, I, I, did Jin offer? I think he did. And Norio said that, no, this is, this is something that I have to do. But yeah, they leave it open and you assume, but it's like never confirmed. And it gives this weight of like, did that happen? Didn't that happen? Like, he must be real scarred mm. by that. And you like, you know, you never ask any questions about it. You know, it's it's cool. I like that. Um, mm. But he just ends up being like quite a, a cool character, just in general. Like, I, I just like that he's like quite soft. Like, he's like softly spoken and stuff. And he's all like, oh, hi, Jim. Like, you just do these kind of things. And then like all of a sudden, like when a, when the moment comes and there's some Mongols there, like he turns into this big bear that swings this big, you know, sword sphere mm. around. Um, it's like, oh damn, he can hold his own. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't have to worry about him. Um, and then, and I will just just finish off because uh, I feel like I've sort of I've covered most people. But the the last part of of Masako's story with like the big twist of it being her sister. Yeah, um, was cool. And the fact that like talk they, about plot twist. They they leave they, again. They leave things very like like gray and i like that because like when you when she kills her and stuff she's like you left me up here with this drunk in the north and all this kind of stuff and you think like shit like her sister really did have a hard time Mm. and like they leave it open and like they they one thing they do really good which is something that games don't tend to do is that like say you're doing a mission for someone and you know i've 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 done this this happened to me you go off and do it and it's usually for like a righteous reason and then you like do justice in the end that like i think even like even with kenji and stuff like every single one of these has like mistakes in it and has like personal mistakes and personal issues and stuff and i like that Mm. like the fact they go to those places that are like these people you're even doing this stuff for aren't perfect. Like a lot of this is their own mistakes and their own problems and their own issues that they can't seem to like get past or that, you know, they've got issues from the past or whatever, you know, I don't really like that they go to all those places, but particularly, um, Masako's like sort of final act was, was a particularly emotional one, you know? Hmm. And I feel like, do you reckon it's intentional? Because it's basically, yeah, there's no right or wrong. It's all areas of grey. And that's kind of what they are getting with getting with, with Jin. Yeah. The whole turning into the ghost. This isn't evil what you're doing. It's it's a grey area. And you experience that with all the NPC quests and everything. Yeah, because they, they, they clap back at you and stuff as well. 
where mm. like there's moments where Jin's like, look, Lady Vasco, like just like think about like taking it easy, and she's like, Jin, did you take it easy? Like when 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 they killed, like when they went for your uncle on the beach or something. Mm. Like she kind of like there, there's these times where like it feels like you're saying perhaps it's a part of this kind of like reflection of of Jin and all these characters mm. and this this grayer complexity of this like what is right and what is wrong and you know um who's going too far or you know did half the people that Masco killed did she need to kill him you know did mm. she were they really a problem I don't know yeah or was it just this vengeful mission um but yeah it, it it was cool. I really liked all of the side quests, and I think that they had done really, really well in this game. And I will just stop off, like you said, with the NPCs, because uh, I do have it written down, is just because of the overarching story. Like I said, like every single person I saw, even if it was just like, my brother's lost, or do these different things, like helping people was really, really good. Mm. And I felt like, a lot of like positivity from it and stuff, you know? Like even though it's, like, the same kind of thing over when you're, like, just randomly roaming around and you see Mongols and they'll have a villager prisoner and you save them, even though that kind of act is repetitive, it still felt rewarding. Like, yes, like, I saved another one and they'd just be so thankful to Jin every time. It didn't matter, like, at the start, it was more so because he was the samurai and then even throughout his transition to being the ghost, they were still thankful. They're like, you really do care about the people, like here, um, Lord Sakai, like, have my money or whatever I got, kind of thing. A lot of the side quests, the side side quests, not the side quests where it's like a a particular person, but it's just a general side quest, are like steeped in the fact that what Ghost of Shima is, is a tragedy. It's like a Mm. Shakespearean. So it's like, it's not a happy game. It's not a happy ending, even. It's not like you get to the end and you're like, "Oh, I fixed the world," and you know, it's like very foreboding. It's very like like steeped in tragedy and in sadness and stuff. And there's loads of stories where you're like, "Oh, my husband was taken," and you get there, and he's dead. You, you mm. know, and, and you have to go back and explain it to them and and like give them something perhaps to remember them by, or like you know, there's one where I that really sticks out to me where this guy's like oh like he's some rich guy that was trying to get off the island and then you go and you realize that he's been betrayed and that his his daughter and his son has and his his wife has been killed and you have to go back and tell him and he's like oh i have to go bury my family now and stuff and like they just leave you there they don't give you like a resolution to a lot of stuff like it's not like you can go like oh like you know happily ever after like a lot of this is just Mm. like this is an island being tore through by like complete animals and that that affects each story and i think that's just excellently portrayed you know yeah one of those stories that really stuck with me was when there was that husband that had run away from his house because the mongols had attacked looking for help and Jin, his initial reaction was like why why did you run away so you've gone over there you go get rid of the mongols and then you see the trail of blood near the river and then you see a child's toy and there's just like a pool of blood and it just implies that the guy's family has met like a horrible fate and he comes running down being like, oh, you got rid of them, where's my family? And Jin having to break the news to him and then the villager being like, why didn't you save them? Like, 
you're a samurai, you should have saved them. And Jin having to like hold back his anger, saying you should have stayed here and fought for them instead of running away kind of thing. He kind of just sits there and comforts him and saying, look, maybe just help as many people as you can. Don't let their deaths be in vain. You got to keep going. And it's just, there's a like a resolution from it, but it's not a nice one. And it's just what happens in war. There's no happy ending. I think the more you you talk about things and the more that my mind explores this as we go through this podcast, the more I'm thinking that this game is like the Batman of video games, where like Batman's stories are very rarely happy and very rarely like a big resolution. A lot of people die and a a lot of stuff goes wrong and there's a lot of evil things that happen and it's just about trying to make right in a really horrible situation and like the you know being a hero sometimes is just saving the one person that's left when everyone else has died or you know like mm. doing these different things and i think that, that there's a lot of that where like let's say for example a standard kind of rpg is is a is a more like superman story of like you know you can just fix everything you know and everything just goes right in the end and it's great <laughs> but like this game is really sort of like walks that line of being dark and gray and, and like that, that there's a lot of reality in this game and i like that i like the fact that it's not just like oh hey you found all my family and it's great like thank you you're on your way you know um it's more dc not marvel yeah 100%. <laughs> this is a dc game for sure <laughs> and i just think that that's that's cool that that's sort of coming to me as a as a uh, reference um but yeah uh, anything else on that before we move on oh that the whole like premise of the game where yeah there's no like happy ending and every good moment is like short-lived like when Jin's kind of getting like the upper hand on the Khan and then he goes does that mission and then Tucker wants to tag along that's when it was just like oh everything's going to plan well here's a spanner in the work and then that scene and I'm just like what what's just happened what it just happens so quick and it happens so like i was not prepared for that i was like stunned i had to leave it in like mid audio because i was just like what no i was not prepared for this and the impact that it had and just feeling like in that moment like oh shit What's Yuna going to say? Like, so many thoughts ran through my head yes. in that split second that event happened. And it was just the, the realisation that there's not... You don't have a moment to breathe in this game. Everything... There's still a war going on in the background. You can't sit down and feel comfortable for even, like, the smallest moment. No, that's, that's because... even echoed in the fact that, like, after uh, uh, Taki's found the you know Jin's like right we gotta go and then she's like mm. I wanna bury my brother you know and it's like that's how kind of pressing all of these issues are um, and, and I think that this this is where I was on about where like I think up until you release your uncle like things are just like narratively make sense and move in the right direction and stuff and you're like oh okay mm. I'm saving the day and I'm doing the right things and I'm getting my uncle out and everything's going great you know like you said and like this is what I mean by, like, I really attach myself to the narrative later on in this game. 
where like mm. when things started to go wrong and they got a bit Game of Thronesy, that like I was like, oh no way, and like there was huge twists and big things that happened, and I just think that like the narrative resold really that in such a perfect way, and that they had just done with such nuance, and like it's cool because like there's so much that leads Tacky to that moment where he like there's so much of these little nuanced moments of like oh like you know tacky like believes in himself because of you <laughs> and that's what makes yeah. it so much more fucked up because you're like no like tacky's all like i'm a hero now because like i'm like the ghost you know <laughs> it's like oh no it's just so rough like it because it... Jin is like literally to you know i don't think he's cut out for this and she's just like he's inspired by you like let him live his best life and Jin's like no he's don't put him out there like you you can show your worth in different ways you don't need to be a warrior but like and then later Tucker on he changes this. that doesn't he he's like oh he can be a warrior and yuna's trying to keep him in you know yeah and that's what's so complex about the situation is that you know he comes and says like i want to come with you because you know if yuna isn't going to bother then i will and all this and it's like you know Oh, it's just so it's so good it's so so I was good. yelling at the screen I'm like no I am not taking you with me and Jin's like okay but I'm not watching out <laughs> with you I'm like no do not bring him with us Jin he will die he is a snowflake he is a precious little snowflake and then yeah and I'm like well that escalated quickly and it's like I wasn't expecting that it, it's it, much like the the it kind of reminds me of the scene in Game of Thrones where the, with the mountain um Ah, uh, yeah. Where it's like it, it's it's just so grotesque, like, oh, and like it's just like oh 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 no, like that's oh that's that's uh, that's Taki's head. Okay, oh jeez, you know, and it's just like it's so full on. And he holds it up to Jin, yep. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it's like oh, Jin's like deadpan in the face, but internally screaming like you can actually he not completely deadpan i think there's like a bit of shock yes. like holy shit that just happened like i told him to run he didn't listen to me and they they do that excellent thing where like he keeps himself together until the khan goes and then when the khan goes he like lets out that like horrific scream of like pain oh and it's just i just got oh, goosebumps when you said that because yeah. i'm just like it's visualizing it's so, it it's so good and this is what i mean mm. by like it was these moments that suddenly i was like this game transitioned itself from being like a good game a very very good game with all these excellent things in it to being like right up there with like god of war and stuff in 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 my echelon of like fantastic narrative experiences Mm. and like these moments were just like oh my lord and like like you said it's that dread of yuna and not wanting her to find out like it just being so awful it's just again it like this is what i mean by the game is a tragedy like it is just like there's so much that shakespearean about this game about things just like aren't a happy ending and don't go right it's either romeo and juliet or whatever you know Mm. and it's just like oh it's so good it's so so good And and that whole scene was just perfectly played out like the khan was like say perfectly evil and just like doing what he thought was just like what he needed to do to break the ghost into being submissive to him you know and like mm. he says that kind of like i'll take whoever i have to take to get mm. you to be broken and be mine like breaking in a horse you know it's like oh it's gross and then so rough 
and then, and then yeah, like it all dawns on Yuna. We we haven't really spoken about Yuna, but like she is also a, a excellently written and perfect character. Um, I absolutely, I, I must take my hat off to one thing, particularly to do with Yuna, is that they never go mm. there. And, yeah, and I love that. I was like, you know me and Katie were making jokes at the beginning like come on Jin like you're gonna end up going out with her and all this and like I'm so happy that they don't and they allude to it and like you know Yuna does that whole like we could just we could just leave and go you know and there's these like flickers of could it be and I just love mm. the fact that they don't like the fact that they don't is great in a, in a world where everyone just does in narrative like everyone like you just you can't tell me the first time you saw her that you weren't like, oh, they're gonna bang. Yeah, like romance option. Yep. Let's go. Yep. And then with the fact that they just don't is just so good. I like mm. that. Like it's so good. And there's like there's just nuance to it where like you don't have to have a full blown sex scene. You don't have to have all these things. You don't have to have him have his moment of oh yay it's the end and we've destroyed the Mongols and now I get to kiss Yuna and watch the sunset like. I mm. like the fact that they just leave it as it is. And it's like this moment of like, they leave each other, don't they, at the end? And it's like just this moment of respect and they, mm. they leave it open to your interpretation of is there feelings there, isn't there? And like, oh God, well, it's just perfect how they've done that. Absolutely perfect and nuanced and just, oh, chef's kiss. Brilliant. Yeah. And I'm just, because I'm such a, I am such a simp when it comes to games that have romance options. They're like my creme de la creme. And just realizing that this game doesn't have that just is a testament to itself because everything else just was just there. It it didn't need it. It didn't need like that romance path to go down. It didn't need kind of like a sexy edge to it. Like, oh, look, like this couple, like are they going to bang? And it's just those little moments where it lingers, like there's a little bit of eye contact for too long or just like they're a little bit close or they're sharing a drink and it's like, ooh, what's going to happen here? And it's yeah. nothing. It's just two comrades exactly. enjoying each other's company. And, and, and sh- it's sure, you could take away from it that, that they love each other really or whatever, but like I love the fact that it's like there is a greater thing at hand here you know mm. that we have a job to do and that you know even at the end of the game it's like Shima isn't free like mm. we've got stuff to do and it's like i like that because in so many narratives i it just opens your eyes to the fact that like a lot of that is just kind of like mindlessly like okay the world's ending and you two just want to bang now do you okay all right sound you know like it's it's i like the fact that they have this honor and they want to keep going and they want to keep doing these things and that i love that moment like i said a second ago where she says like should we just leave and should we just go off and find somewhere and it's like you know is she just like trying to say like should we just like keep each other because we care about Mm. each other and like it's cool it's just so nuanced it's just so great I i just i can't even explain that like you know even in the last of us and stuff like if you played last of us uh, I played the first one, not okay, the second yeah. one. So, so I, I won't go there. But, but there's, there's just these moments in in games where someone's brought in. You're like, oh, immediately, like there's a connection and there's a there's a romance and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's mm. that's cool. Like I like that, you know. And and it serves a purpose narratively to create attachment to people. But I feel as attached to Yuna as Jin 
as I would as, mm. if, as if they'd have had a sex scene and done all these different things and fallen in love and stuff, you know? Like, and the fact that the real love is for their, their island and for their freedom and stuff, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the fact that they made, you know, kind of like Jin's hype woman because she would be hyping up all like the villagers like, oh, no, he's not a Sakai, he's a ghost. He's he's better than like a samurai and just hyping him up to everyone but it's it's just a mutual respect kind of thing it's not because like yep that's my boy jin like he's the best thing ever than sliced bread it's more so he's doing what's right for tashima he's what tashima needs right now we don't need samurai we don't need like evil we need the ghost and that's what jin is and her like supporting him and trying to like gently be like, hey, you're doing good. You don't need to feel guilty. Like being his like almost comfort, yeah. but not in the most normcom way. Like, yes. oh, I'm going to give you a hug. We're going to snuggle yeah. or anything like that. It's just with words and action. Oh, it's just so perfectly of, done. It's like mm. it is, it's a, a testament to how you can write two characters perfectly to create emotional attachment without the need for in you know more obvious things like them kissing or there being love or mm. there being a, a romant like anything romanticized between them and i think that, that that's just great and i think they do that so so well and i think that yuna's character just being the fact that immediately you owe her your life and that that mm. is something that's cool because it creates this weight brevity between the two of them and like it's cool I like it. I like Yuna as a character. I think that she's like just really well played. She's well used at times as well. Like she she comes in at the right moments, and I like the fact that like later on with your uncle and stuff, he's a bit like wants to blame her and all these different things, and that Jin sticks by her. And I like all that. Mm. You know, I just think that she's she's used really really excellently. Um, and her performance yeah. when Taki dies is just har- oh. harrowing as well. Oh, I wanted to like I just wanted to embrace her and just just be like, I'll take you away from here. This is so horrible. I can't watch you experience this. Like this is your brother. Like when she screams, oh my god. I can't it's just ugh I can't get over it. It's just the worst thing to witness, but also just seeing how strong she is to put that aside and still fight with Jin, be like, no, like like, she could have easily been like, no, nah, there's nothing for me here now. I'm leaving, like, as she was originally going to do with Tucker. Yep. But she's like, again, it's that loyalty to Jen, be like, nope, through their connection, I'm I'm going to stay here and support you. Yeah, and I like the fact because that... Because I believe you... In, I like the fact that you, you brought that up, because as opposed to Jin, where he, he has, like, a a love for his island and a love for the sovereignty and wants to do the right thing in, in ridding Tsushima of these of these Mongols. Like I like the fact that Yuna's complex because her narrative, like Tsushima's not been a nice place for her. It's been a horrible place yeah. for her. And it's been somewhere that she probably wouldn't want to save. You know, that's why she wanted to just get on the boat and fuck off. Because mm. she didn't she doesn't care about it. It's been horrible for her. She's been like horrifically abused and like downtrodden and, and and lived a really shit life and had to like you know learn how to be an assassin because she's so mistreated and stuff and and like i like the fact that it's it's not necessarily the the, the island itself that she cares about but it's her connection with Jin, it's her honor to Jin, mm. and her attachment to him that keeps her there. 
because they play that out very well because like you mentioned it starts off the game that Jin owes her like his life but then he kind of repays that by getting Tucker back but then they both kind of stay around and it's you know be like oh I'm just waiting for this but Tucker's just like oh we're gonna help and there's and it evolves from there it's just like this loyalty to Jin and his cause not because it's their own it's because they know it's important to him weirdly enough to to liken it to something else that just popped into my mind that moment and i don't know whether you're a bit much of a star wars fan but it reminds me of han solo when ah uh, yep, yep yep when han solo in the second movie is like i'm off i've done my thing i got you to this point see you later luke and then suddenly he's like oh actually i have an attachment to luke he's my brother now you know and, yeah and he stays <laughs> and he comes back and he and he saves him and stuff and that's cool mm. um and it's that similar kind of like attachment where it's it's like it's more so he's not saying because he cares about the overarching thing. He he stays because he wants to care for Luke and let she stays because mm. she wants to care for Jin. You know, it's cool. Um, I don't know why my mind always does those things where it goes off and it's like, Hey, it's like this, isn't it? Um, but yes. So Yuna, perfect character. Uh, anything else you've mm. got written down particularly? I've got a lot more to go through. <laughs> uh, another well done character is Riz- um, Ryuzo. Yep. Um, I've written down yeah. I enjoy the fact that he's had to do his own thing and Jin, in his mind, has been trying to do the right thing. He, he wants to like be a good friend by Ryuzo, yeah. but in doing so, he kind of like cemented his fate with becoming a samurai and when like Jin won the whole duel and then he's like, you should have told me and Ryuzo's like, no, like I don't. What, like, I want to do this on my own kind of thing and Jin's always trying to help but not realising he's being more of a burden yeah. than helping and then just seeing them two because it, it doesn't feel like they're that close but then when you see them talk and Ryozo's being more swayed to work for the Khan because the Ronin are hungry and they need food and they're going to get paid by the Khan just to see, like, how much it tears Ryozo up to do it. But he's like, I need to do it. I need to feed my people. Like, they believe in me. And Jin being like, no, come back. Like, we can we can fix this. And it's like, you can't. He's already, he's like an enemy of Toshima now. Like, no one's going to believe you or anything when they, like, like, right near the end. Yeah, for sure. They try to say it. And then Jin's still blinded. He's like, no, you betrayed Toshima. Like, I'm not. We're duking it out. I'm not letting you go because you've worked with the car now. You betrayed me. Like this is. It's cool though because that 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 was the first moment I thought was like the first real narrative twist is when you go into that camp and then he stands up and you're like, no. Yeah, like, no. hey, why are you here? You're meant yeah. to be helping. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no. Yeah. That's really good, and they play that out really good because there's that kind of like ego fight between the two of you on the on the side quest and like mm. or the main quest or whatever it is you when you help him out and then you know you see him and you're like oh shit and then even then like Jin sort of wants to think that he's redeemable or see something better about him because they have this childhood attachment to each other which I think is really yeah. cool and then it's just like oh like you can just see that he's like cut up Jin by what's going on perhaps not as cut up as mm. right at the end um, with what happens there. But like it, it's it, to that same degree of like, it's that moment when he's on his knees and stuff and, and 
you know, Jin has to make that decision and says he's sorry, doesn't he? I don't seem to remember. Yeah. And and has to take him because I think Jin does kind of understand why he's done what he's done. And that's why Jin tried making him um redeemable to begin with, you know? Yeah. Again, it's it just shows how much Jin goes through in this game. <laughs> the poor guy. Yeah. Honestly. Unbelievable amount. Um Yeah, I, I I just think that he's he's a he's a perfectly used character, and and uh, mm. again, there's the pacing of the game's great as well. I must say that the like nothing feels like it drags on for too long, or I don't feel like it's too long till I do this or till I do that, or I'm like oh another yeah. area or anything like that. I'm like oh cool, you know, like everything's great and everything felt great. Um, mm. So uh, the other thing, I'll just rattle through a couple of things. I've got like yeah yeah. Uh, just, I thought the Mongols were great enemies. They're really diverse. Um, I have to stop off and say that the the fighting is just fantastic in this game. From the first oh. swing of your sword to the last, it is just it's so hard to get something in a game that feels as good every single time you do it. It like the amount of standoffs I did, like I would never get sick of them. I had the armor that allowed you to do the full five. Yeah. And just doing that over and over again, like I would, it just felt right. I felt so badass. I yep. every time it would hit, and I remember reading that they had, they feared that they made Jin too like OP mm. as um like as a character because people can go through and like just tear up an entire Mongol camp depending on their setup, but. Instead of being like, oh, I want to nerf him too much, they just made the enemies smarter because the more you've progressed through the game, the more things that got added with the Mongols, like they started to have hawks to kind of pick you up if you were in the taller grass. They had Mongols that set their swords to light. Oh, they had the really... So like, Oh, and when you were able to do it, eventually it was just so badass. <laughs> like the swift movement, yeah, and just it being on a light. Oh, so cool! And then the heavier enemies. I felt so, I loved the mechanic when you got your ghost level up oh, high enough God. that you could behead a Mongol, yeah. like general, mm. just like that, and it would strike fear in any Mongol in that area oh it was such the like just being on the roof somewhere and just watching him and waiting for like the exact moment when you can just slink down and do that makes you feel so badass such good battle mechanics and it gives you a lot to work with so you can tailor it to your play style because you can be super sneaky and be patient away or you can use utilize like the wind chimes to lure enemies away you can use the smoke if you like fucked up something it's like gotta get away or you can just go in guns blazing like i don't care it's incredibly diverse and Mm. it's incredibly satisfying and it's just extremely well done it's something that like i i really cannot like again the same with the music and, and all that it's like i can barely explain that i don't feel really that there's many other games yep. i've ever played that have such a consistent smoothness to every aspect of its gameplay assassinations mm. are great 
fighting is just effortlessly amazing it, it almost gets to the point where it feels like a dance at times fighting and it's like it's just oh it's just so good and every single time you fuck someone up you just feel like a complete badass like mm. it just it really like hammers home the fact that like you just feel like a boss every single time and they did they do this little thing where you can swipe right on the little touchpad and Jin will flick his sword round and flick the uh, yep. it and put it back into his sheath or he'll oh. like run it through his arm and put it back into his sheath that I would do it at the end of every battle once I found it and I just felt so fucking cool the entire time I just felt right like I went from feeling like I'm just this badass samurai warrior to like I am the ghost. Like, I would just be like, I'm a fucking beast. Like, whether that means that I'm, like, pulling out my sword and just taking on seven of you, or whether it's, like, I'm, like, effortlessly, like, just taking down the last guy and, like, all I can see lay before me is just dead Mongols everywhere. And I'm just, and like... And then you just flick the blood out and yeah. clean your blade. I am the darkness. I am the, the thing that goes bump in the night, you know? He's <laughs> mm, such an edgelord. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so, so good. And, uh, yeah, I, I I just think that that this this the gameplay of this game is just fantastic, and there's never a moment I felt any kind of boredom or any kind of like, ugh, I have to do this again. Like, that there's moments in in near every game I've played that I could usually find something that I'm a bit like, oh, these moments annoy me, but I can't think of anything in this game. Yeah, the um, just going back on the battle mechanics because I remember I I didn't actually play Ghost straight away when it first came out. Daniel was playing it and I remember like walking into the lounge and he was like raging a little bit. I was like, what you doing? And he was like doing one of like the hardest jewels in the game. And it was just, I was so entranced by just like this one-on-one, the music and just them squaring off and just waiting for your right moment to strike. And it didn't matter what kind of gear you had or what kind of weapon you had. It was all about timing, yes. skill. That's cool. And you could do like a little fancy um, like technique to take more damage, but you had to pick the right time because they could easily move and miss it or they'll deflect you or they'd be really quick and they'll like hit you out of it. And I remember in that moment being like, hey, this is this is something I really want to do. And I remember him being like, all right, give it a go. And just like when I never played God of War and I was watching him fight the Valkyrie Queen, yeah. I'm like, all right, give it a go. I got them down to half health. And he was like, all right, give it back. You're not <laughs> playing this game. Like, it's just easy mechanics to pick up. So, and then going into that, knowing how to do it, that jewel was so good because it was that guy, he was like in the cave mm-hmm. and. He had all the candles or something. It was like a little bit watery yeah. and he was just really, he would deflect quite a fair bit. Yeah. He had those like, he attacked really quickly, but just perfectly time, uh, perfectly time parry. Oh, the perfect and just Like literally, and, and I hate to be like sort of, and, and I'm sorry if it comes across as kind of like a bit vulgar, but it's almost sexual how good parrying and sort of oh, fighting no. like, yeah it's like it is <laughs> just like agree. oh like there's times where like i would just like just get the perfect thing and i'd almost have to like pause the game just to be like oh 
that was nice you know like that, that was meme just... when you're touching like yeah. the side of your face that <laughs> every time like you hear that connect and you're like oh it's yes so good. it is so good and like i'm gonna die any second now yeah. but i'm living for this moment right yeah. now and and like the the cinematography of those moments when you have the jewels and like he does that little flicker like flicks his sword out just before it begins and, mm. and it's like it plays that really cool music and has those like japanese drums and stuff like boom and he like he like pull like pulls out some huge cinematic screen of like like the two guys stood across the way from each other and like oh it's just so good and it's always it wasn't the same fight you'd always fight a different enemy that had a different kind of play style sometimes they were really easy sometimes they were really hard and then it it just made it so much rewarding when you won the jewel it's just like yes i did this on my skill i didn't need anything like yeah. fancy ornaments or a yeah you overcharged didn't, weapon uh, you didn't use any kunai or anything like that you know what i mean it was just mm. like you it's pure mano a mano steel on know? steel yeah that's it like you know to the death and i like that it's it's so cool it's really really well done like all of the of the breakdowns and the, the camera angles they use for it as well is really cool mm. it's like slightly different from your normal camera angle and stuff um but just the general fighting, like, if you just get off your horse and you, like, you know, the bow mechanic's fantastic, like, mm. you, you you know, you shoot your bow, use a kunai, like, slice one guy in half and then parry a guy behind you, also parry an arrow, and then you stab the guy that you just parried, and then you run up to the guy who's shooting arrows at you, parrying him as you run towards him and slice him in half, and it's just, like... Literally, like there would be times where, like, Katie was like sat in bed playing Animal Crossing, and I'd turn around and be like, oof, and she'd be like, what? And I'd be like, I'm just such a fucking boss, you know? I was like, like, did you see that? Yeah. I just like, took out this yeah. entire camp. <laughs> I didn't even sweat. Yeah. I'm like, such a fucking badass samurai motherfucker. Like, just, oh, so good. <laughs> and, like, these, these moments, you... like, accumulate to, to, to these, like, like the the big battles and the sieges you do against loads of enemies and stuff like particularly that mm. siege where you first learn like you said that thing where you become you use like ghost mode or whatever it is where you press r3 and r uh off r3 and l3 at the same time and you go into yeah. this like mode where like the enemies just run from you because you're just the ghost you are this like absolute nutcase who just strikes fear into the enemy and you run at them and you can kill three or whatever it is um, and not just kill he he will slice off a leg he slices off a head it's brutal and it's just and just like like almost like that thunder strike kind of crash sound where you go into the ghost mode yeah. it's just like shit's about to go down and oh, they yeah. know it 100 percent. it's just it kind of reminds so me of cinematic of where, like you go into the spartan rage yeah it's very similar in that way where like you just you have this feeling of like being just effortlessly powerful in that moment Mm. and i think that's really really good i just think that again we could probably go ahead and do a whole podcast on just how good the the fighting mechanics are in this game or how many mechanics are in this game and and how good it it, it all is it's just it's so good and like say how diverse the enemies are and how different they are because i like it's it just like you take on the 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 straw hats and like mm. you'd be suddenly in these kind of like mini like face offs where you couldn't like attack them normally and then like you'd end up using like your bow against them and stuff like that. It's just oh so good. Did you ever explore the multiplayer 
aspect. I haven't played that yet. No, is it good? It, it. I haven't actually gone online and played, but it's another ball game altogether because it's still very much ghost mechanics, but the stories are so. They just make Tsushima so much grittier because it just shows how much is going on. I remember this one story that you like one tale that you play and it t- goes on about how the Mongols are stealing twins from Tashima and like why the whole reason why and why the ghosts are getting involved because they make it sound like there, there's one ghost in one tale, but then they go on about all these other ghosts that have been kind of like plucked and they kind of give it like a yokai supernatural element to it. Like these are the ghosts of Tashima here to, protect the land and you can place different casts and stuff like that but it's just another element it's not i don't think it's something that i'd like do in the future online because you're heavily reliant on other people which isn't good when you don't want to get in party or anything with strangers yeah sure. but the stories that it does allow you to play offline let's try it out sometimes we should try and get together and, uh, and give it a go mm. um because I'd be interested to, to see whether I attach myself to that for sure. Because um, this, yeah, again, the, the fighting is just so good. I'd be happy any moment to just, you know. It's like one of those things where it's like, I always said to myself, I was like, oh, if, if, and I think, again, if I can implore you to do one thing, it's play Marvel Spider Man PS4. Because it's. Ah, uh, yes. But like, I always say to myself, like, oh, there's just, if, you know, if I could, I'd just jump in and ride a horse again in Red Dead. Oh, right. Uh, mm. Red Dead 2. Or if I could, I'd just jump in and, you know, slash something up in God of War. And, like, you know, if I could, I'd jump in and just swing one more time around the city in Spider Man because it just feels so good. And that's what I do is I just jump in just to just take on a group of Mongol- Mongols in this game because it's so good. It just feels so mm. good. Um, okay. So I will just stop off on something else just because I don't want to crack on with, like, some of the other stuff I've got written down till I talk about this because I think we okay. accidentally skipped over it. And that is that another one of the side mission stories you do is with the old lady from your house. Ah, uh, yes, um, yes, yes. And and this was uh, the moment that I was like, when this rounded off and I finished it on the top of the hill was like a real tearjerker for me. Like I was very, very close to crying. Yeah. When I played this. I was like, this is just amazing. Like not only does her story give you the weight of the fact that you end up creating the poison with her that then shows just how awful like biochemical warfare is and like mm. just like how like horrible that is and how it transfers into the the mongols hands and stuff and i think that's perfect and just again gives the story a, a whole nother depth and weight and gives uh, uh gives um you another level of like depth to what is what you're doing right or wrong <laughs> yeah like pretty messed up but yeah so i just wanted to just stop off on her story because i just thought it was great and i thought it was really told with a lot of nuance and it was really like heartwarming but also heartbreaking and like i know to do with his dad and to do with his history and like the the bit at the end particularly where he starts to pretend to be his dad to comfort her is so heartbreaking and it's so yeah oh it's just seeing her kind of like descend down that it's almost like delusional kind of path and him being like taking on that emotional burden of being like yes like I will do this to like appease her because 
I can't bear to kind of try and bring her back to reality. Yes. I want her to. And it's just it's written on his so face. well done. It's written on his face mm. when he's saying it, and like he goes like, "Yeah," and again, it's just acted so excellently. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll mm. do that." And it's just like, you know, it's full on. Like, obviously, it it goes down the sort of dementia line and stuff, which is just hefty storytelling anyway. And mm. you know how all we are is memories. And like, I love the fact that you do these like missions that lead up to it, where she's like talking about how like you know everything has an end and like it mm. it really i just had this moment of just thinking like you know it really like many times this game made me think of things but particularly that moment with her i was just stood, stood on top of the hill and i was just like shit you know life is temporary and like you know things do change and you know it's just oh, it's so reflective and deep mm. no it's very very well like every story again just at plays on a different level and just makes you feel like something that you didn't expect to feel for. Because yeah. I didn't expect that. I didn't actually expect her to still be there. And then for Jin to have, to give him like this little crumb of like his past life and yeah. her being so warm and welcoming and, and being almost comfort to him. Yeah. But then having it snatched away because watching her kind of break, mentally break down. And him realizing she's not all there, she's yeah. not herself. It's it was hard, Cause just but at the same time, what Jin needs after all this trauma is just a bit more, you know. Yeah, like just just, what, just throw some more in there. <laughs> what, after all, he's all this present trauma he's got. How about we dig up his old past and just drop that on his head as well, and let him, you know, have to, you know, deal with the. And I like the fact that she like was in love with his dad and stuff. That was cool. I like yeah. that whole storyline. I like the fact that it's just again, there's so much nuance, there's so much depth to just this storyline that you could almost just like do a whole podcast again just on the complexities of just this individual storyline and how she was his nanny and you know how clearly like you know it's hinted that she loved his dad and you know it's it's just so cool and like how she like it's effortlessly told in the fact that like when you first are with her or something on one of the first missions you like put on his armor and she like calls you his name accidentally and Jin's mm. like Jin's like oh what are you on about and then she's like oh and, and it's not like it, it's really fast cause it's only like four or five missions but it doesn't feel fast it doesn't feel like her descent really fast it's like really told so perfectly as she, as she descends into this thing that you find her on that floor isn't she when she's outside of like that like in that little praying spot or whatever and it's just yeah she's like oh you know i really want to go to this place and like please like after all the things i've done for you like can you do this one thing for me and like you know again it just it's driven by this same thing of like Jin is driven by care and honor and like mm. respect and yeah for sure just that that moment on top of the hill is it, just perfect when you, you get to perform a haiku with her and he says these different things and you can choose what it is and it oh, it's just like that particular moment for me other than the ending i think oh. no in, in fact there's three moments that really like just like killed me and it's like it's, it's mental to say that tacky wasn't one of those that like that moment there when i was on top of the hill with her was like just one of them that's one of my three as we all move on to the others soon but like that was one of my three moments where i was like this game is just a complete masterclass in storytelling mm, it's just like when you're going halfway through that quest 
and then she starts to act the way that she is and then she makes the request it's just like you as a player like oh i know what's happening but Jin's so like oblivious and you're like i'm gonna have a mental breakdown and he doesn't like both of them are gonna go through something right now and it's just so emotionally overwhelming (laughs) for a person I'm like, this poor man, like, give him a minute, let him breathe. And still, like, no matter what, like, you know she's gonna die. Like, and, mm. and yet still he's like, I'll take you to a doctor and I'll get you sorted. And you're just like, Jin, you're so, like, pure. <laughs> you're so, Stop being a cinnamon yeah, bun. You can't, so nice. <laughs> you can't help everyone. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, God, does he learn that? Um, yes. Okay. Anything else you've got written down then that we, that we need to go through? obviously if you've yeah. got the ending written down stuff we will go through that but we'll finish off the podcast with that uh, da, da, da. I think oh I enjoyed because while most of it was very like historically accurate I did enjoy how like the mythics tales like yeah, the ones they were cool. the, the little side stories about this legend of a samurai who had like a blade for thunder or something like this or this cursed yeah. armor set or this cursed bow, and you'd go and basically like debunk these these tales. Be like, no, like this wasn't a cursed armor set. Like it was just some crazy person. But having that little extra element to it to kind of take you away from the grimness of like the main story, I enjoyed how that kind of broke up everything because it's like oh i'm gonna go raid this village and get rid of all these mongols oh, i'm gonna go help this villager and all of a sudden like you just hear this storyteller out in the middle of nowhere yeah. just telling people to gather around and you have like this little moment where they read the story and everything it's actually pretty cool i won't touch on it too much because it is related to Iki island um, oh okay cool but there is um, like a moment like that in like a storyteller telling a story and it, how much it kind of invokes um, emotion from you as a player because you've kind of gone through all this stuff with Jin and it's just like, ah, this story's a bunch of baloney. But yeah. you can see Jin be like, I'm just going to be respectful again, being the kind soul that he is. But, but there's a couple of them that they leave sort of open to interpretation. Like when that guy yeah. shoots you with the bow and he's like, "You'll that's a cursed bow, like you'll find out. And Jin's just like, oh, I'll find out after the war. You know, I've got bigger things on yeah. right now. But they, they still leave it open to like, you know, is it cursed? And I like the fact that there's this kind of like, it mixes with, because like back then, especially like, like mythology would have mixed with reality in a lot of ways where like yeah. people would like, were let's say more in touch with the gods and that like you know things would happen and people wouldn't so much be like oh there's a scientific reason for that they'd be like that was an act of god and that was god trying to tell us something or you know what i mean it's like there's so much that's that's cool about that and they, 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 yeah they were very superstitious yeah when it came exactly. to stuff sure because i did with the cursed armor mm. um quest where you do fight the guy and it takes you to like this bloody arena with crows and everything and it's just it's bending like reality in that moment for the jewel and then like the jewel finishes and you get the armor but it's just like is it cursed like what where where did we go what what was that and it doesn't really touch base on it Jin basically makes a side comment like hmm not too sure about this armor or is this curse really real and 
you just take the armor and it's like am I cursed? What's going to happen to him? But he doesn't care. He's just, like you said, he's just like, I'll deal with it once the war's over. I need this now because it's going to help me essentially win this war. Yeah. It's cool though. It's just, they, they, and it's cool that you've dropped off and, and mentioned them because I didn't have them written down, but yeah, they're, they're cool little moments and storylines to go through. Um, mm. But yeah. Uh, and another thing I have written down, I've got still so much to to talk about uh, just things that i'll just try and stop off on quickly is mm-hmm. the fact that you kind of mentioned it as well a little tiny bit but not having any like ui on the screen and the fact that even when you change stance and stuff you have to like press r2 and it comes up as opposed to being on the screen really allows for you to take in how beautiful this game is and i wish mm. all games would have it it's something that horizon kind of does as well where it like it doesn't have a mini map because you find yourself in the witcher say spending more time looking at that little square in the top right hand yeah than you do actually at the, how beautiful the world is and the wind guiding you in the direction you should go in works so well and is a perfect mechanic that I wish that all games would do because it's way better than having a minimap. Way, way better than having a minimap. And um, I just I just think it's really gentle and cool and it's just like a cool way to tell you where you're going and stuff like that. The only time that it bothered me was when it would blow in a direction that would take me off an island, off the island, because it was like, it would be like, oh, you need to go this way. But like I actually had to go all the way around kind of thing. And I'd end up like, yeah. swimming into the sea, like, what am I doing? And then I'd just die. I'd be like, it's telling me to go this way. <laughs> and then I'd have to like work out that actually, no, it's just on a, a bit of an island where it would be like, oh, you know, technically the wind would blow that way if I could fly, but I can't. Mm. Um, that, that was the only time I had any kind of tiny problem with it, but that was only once. But yeah, I just think that like just that guiding stuff was cool. Um, another thing was the flute. That's super, super cool. You can just stop and play the flute and stuff and it gives you little moments, little things to do. You can bow. <laughs> um, uh, the little secrets, yeah, where yeah. you could bow and like it'll have that little moment where like the fishes jumping yes, out of the water or like super, super the cool. cherry um, blossoms kind of like whirling in the spot. It's, it's a nice little touch because it's something that you're not looking for and it's just like oh what's this do it's asking me to bow and then you bow and something happens and yeah, you're like it's really, oh really that's nice. pretty cool <laughs> there's like these little nuanced moments um and yeah so so the last part um or, or last thing i want to get onto before the end is just <laughs> my second of the three things that tore into my soul so obviously what did i say was number one uh the, the lady on the hill the, old, the lady on the hill yeah yeah the second one is Kage and Kage. Oh, uh, this. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I had I had repressed this trauma. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, Kage got me good because they do these really cute things where when you finish missions, you have these little moments with Kage mm. where like if he's sad, if like Jin's sad after a sad mission, like Kage will come up and like push you in the back and be all cute and say hello to you yeah. and stuff because like horses are really spiritual animals really anyway so like it's all believable and then like there's these moments where you'd be like lying on Kage asleep or like he'd be mm. like you know giving Kage a little brush or something and it's just these little moments that create this attachment to Kage like as a horse and has a as like a, a steed that's so so cool um and then like man's best friend yes basically yeah, 100% and it's like Although, like, there's other games, like, with Witcher and stuff where, like, he tries to have an attachment to Roach. But it's, like, de- mm. it's like deeper in this. And, like, it's spiritual and I really like it. And then 
this moment happens where you have to escape and as you're escaping you get on Kage and Kage takes these arrows and they play this utterly epic and fantastic mm. tragic music as Kage's stopping being able to walk and he falls off he, like you fall off of him and and he's like saying that he's sorry to Kage and stuff and it's just like it plays like an actual tune at that point as well like an actual song with lyrics and stuff and it's just so good it's so fucking amazing and like e- even if let's say you get to the end of this podcast and you're like and you're still listening now which to be fair if you are fair play but mm. but like literally if if you get to this point and you don't want to play this game just look up that bit where kage dies because it's so weighty it's so it is so powerful and such a powerful moment i didn't like i just was like so gutted and like nothing ever replaced kage for me even when you got this second horse that was cool not the little mangy one you had in between but the 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 second one at the end but like i was just like kage like that really cut me deep and the fact that i was i was actually more emotionally affected by kake dying than i was by taki yeah no i feel that (laughs) no i feel that i 100 percent agree actually like i said i i forgot that happened in the game because i suppressed it because it was just so traumatic but just those like little comments of like ador like adoration like to kage be like oh you're a good boy kage or just just all that through the game and the little interactions with him after you complete a mission and then for that to happen i was just like no this can't happen and it just is a testament to the connection that kage had with jin because he kept going he had arrows in him but he kept going to the point he was exhausted and couldn't go any further Mm. And, and Jin is just like so torn. Yet another example of you know, like this game rips stuff away from you in a very like everything's surreal. You know, your horse gets shot; it doesn't just respawn; it dies, dead. See you later. Mm. You know, it's cool, and I like that. You know, and again, it's yet another piece of horrific trauma for poor old Jin. But like, it's just a another excellent piece of narrative that like i said is nuanced and it's like told mm. over an attachment that you end up feeling to kage like you know these little quips he says to him as he gets on like one day we'll go for a, a, a you know a nice relaxing ride together you know when this is mm. over and you know kage never makes it to that relaxing ride <laughs> oh no and like, it, it's even like when you do get the second horse and you know kind of makes the comment like oh it's not Kage kind of thing, and even Jin's just like, ah. but he's he's got he's being such a good sport and going into it open minded and wants to show this horse the love and respect it deserves. But you can, it's just so awkward as well. So they know no one can replace Kage. I'm sorry, it's just not something that I wanted to happen in the game. I knew the moment like they they kind of make you. It is really Game of Thronesy, actually. Now that yeah. I think about it, because 100%. it's just like it's it's just a horse kind of thing. Like, also, you don't think it's going to happen because it's just part of the everyday gameplay. Like, yep, I summon my horse. It's going to take me from A to B, and it's my horse. We're gonna ride and die, basically. But then to have them actually die, it's just like, no, yeah. I don't want this to happen. Why are you doing this to me? I th- I'm pretty sure I got past the scene where he buried him and then I like saved it and had to walk away because I'm like, nah, 
this is too much. I need I need to go play Animal Crossing. I need to play something a bit more lighthearted because I am I am struggle bus right now. Such a powerful scene. Really, really oh my good. god. Um so I, I've got the final battle final battle written down. I don't want to stop off on it too long. It's just really good. You know, you just like it's a, a climax moment of killing the car and all this kind of stuff. But like I think it pales in comparison because I thought like as it was happening, I was a bit like, Oh, this is a little bit underwhelming. Like you know, for the mm. grand finale. I was like, this is a little bit underwhelming. I was a bit like you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, I expected to have this big moment of, like, real emotion between him and the Khan, and, like, I don't know, that twist of, you know, like, how, what I was expecting with, like, villains and stuff, but it never happened, and that's good, because, as we mentioned earlier on, like, the Khan's story is just, he's a bad guy, you kill him, he dies, he's gone, and it's good, and it's a good thing, but the real shit is, you know, the ending, the ending, mm. ending after the ending after you because i went in i went into that final battle thinking yep like we're gonna have some like elden ring shit here yeah. we're gonna have second stages he's gonna have like yes. this big cinematic yes. and yeah it was just a bit underwhelming because it's like oh he's 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 actually dead like yeah is it gonna be like a moment where i get like hit with poison or something but uh-huh. it was just like it was minimalistic, but it served its purpose. Like. Yes, exactly. And I was like, you know, is it going to be this this epic scene where Yuna rushes in and he, like, knocks her to the ground and, you know, like, all this crazy mm. stuff happens? But, like, no, it's just the reality of the fact that, like, no, you just got to kill this guy. He's just got to be gone. Mm. And, and the, you know, it's filled with this hate and that, like, you know, it is just this ridding of this evil. And... Mm that realistically i think like i was like literally as i got onto that boat i was like can't wait to roll credits on this game it's so good and i was like mm. you know little did i know what was going to be coming to me and like i know i'm just like was that it like <laughs> yeah. have i finished the game and, and it kept like, going yeah and i was like oh that was a bit underwhelming like like you said there should have been a big scene or there should have been this moment where like he changes different things and we're both crawling towards each other and like you know it's some epic moment but like there isn't and then like I think they've done that on purpose to leave you mm. that like slightly empty feeling to be like, oh, you're feeling slightly empty, are you? How about we fill it with a complete tragedy again? Just even more pain and suffering for Jin before it's all said and done. Like, I don't think there's ever that been a more false sense of security. Mm. Yeah. A complete, like, just like uh, yeah just a, a false finish isn't it it's the the like oh you think it's all over and like no yeah. actually there's a complete and utter like i don't know heartache to come and there's a doozy on its way yeah is there anything else you want to you want to stop off on though just before we we wrap up and and do this last segment which i want to talk about you know his relationship with his uncle and how it all sort of comes together uh, I don't think so, actually. I think we touched pretty much on everything that I had on my list here. Yeah, cool. Like, uh, like you said, it's not going to be to the... Uh, no words can do justice yes. for how amazing this game is, but we have covered a pretty much everything, I think, except for the Big Bang yes. <laughs> right at the end. Um, oh, last thing as I will say is that in his shack... At the very end of the game, once you completed it, completed it. There's a little shack you can go through all your different memories, which is cool. Um, 
and on the table there is a PlayStation um, Easter egg that has little um, origami figures of the tall neck from Horizon and the Kratos' axe and all these different things. So if you get an opportunity to go check that out, check it out. Um, what? I yeah. didn't. I did not yeah. know that at East. I remember going and checking all like the little memorabilia things. But this podcast, and go oh. go into it. Next to the flags on the right hand side, there is a little table, and on it, there's a little origami ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, and there's a little origami tool oh. neck, and there's a little origami like guitar from The Last of Us, and <laughs> it's it's what? like a little love note to PlayStation. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. And there's a little origami car, which I'm guessing means Gran Turismo, and like it's like all of the <laughs> the like. Because the only thing that could draw my attention was I was like, "What the fuck's a car doing there?" And then when I looked, I was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh, it's a little like testament to all the other PlayStation Studios and stuff." It's great. Oh, I love that, and it's so subtle too, because it doesn't take away from like everything. Yeah, it's just like if you were paying attention, it's like, well, hold on, what is this? Yeah. But yes, oh, so load it up so, now. Yeah, definitely t- <laughs> check that out. So we move on to the last part of this podcast, which will be us breaking down um, Jin's relationship with his uncle and how it progresses, and then finally this finale. But I will say that at, at the start of the game, you have that scene that you where you you do the training with the uncle, mm. and these red leaves are falling and all this kind of stuff. And Kaylee bought me a poster for Christmas. And it was this poster of the two of them with the leaves falling. And I put it up when she moved over and like we've we've got the room already and I was like, Oh, it's really cool and like I kept looking over it thinking like, Oh cool, I can't wait to finish Ghost one day and little did I know that it was not the scene where they were they were uh, training with each other, but it was actually the final scene for the game, and I literally cannot look at it now without feeling complete and utter heartbreak. <laughs> You've got this constant yeah. reminder now. Yeah. It, it's full on I'll, I'll send you a photo of it after but it's like it's like a really sort of minimalistic like cool looking poster as well and i was like oh it's cool because it's a start and literally i said to katie the other day i was like i can't even look at that poster now she was like why and i was like you'll know one day but i just <laughs> it's just too much it's just too much i will spare you the heartache my dear yeah but the overarching themes of this game is all based around like i talk a lot about how last of us is a lot about us and what does us mean is us the human race is us you and someone or you and the character and this game messes a lot with what honor means like Mm. is honor sticking seeing it from a samurai's point of view of being like you know you you honorably fight your enemies face to face or is it staying honorable to your family or honorable to your island or Mm. i think it really messes with what that means I think that's really, that's really, really cool to sort of ponder and think about and leaves me thinking about this game, you know. Uh, but sort of summarise, I guess, in, in some kind of way, how the ending hit you and, and how they, like, you know, built to it and everything. You know, like, just the whole uncle storyline. I It was so well done because you just watch Jin form his own opinion on what honour is and kind of evaluate what it actually means to him as an individual rather than this code that he's meant to follow because he's a samurai. Because 
you see how his uncle has so much respect and so much hope for Jin. And then even when he starts to exhibit, like he's swaying away from the code of samurai, his uncle tries to reel him back in and he's even willing to kind of like turn a blind eye to what he's done so far. But he goes, you need to move forward as a samurai. And as my son. <laughs> and as yeah like i want you <laughs> that's it because he's just like i want you to i'm intend to basically bring you into the family properly and for like Jin to kind of because that's all he wanted to begin with or just it would be such a big step for him and to him being like chucking it aside because he's having, he has like a new sense of what honor is to him and what he's doing, and he starts to strongly believe in what he's doing, and he tries to convince his uncle of that, but his uncle is so ingrained with the way of the samurai and their strict code to honor that he he's so he's torn as well. He goes through a bit oh, as yeah. well, trying to. It's trying just, to hope like he, his he, only son basically he wants Jin to be the heir to the island you know he wants Jin mm. to be the next generation he can see his potential he can see that he's got everything that he's got and that you know he's he's perfect for the role but, and it's so complex because especially in the final moments like yeah there is so much about respect and there's so much about honor and there's so much that's samurai about this story because even in those moments where he meets Jin for that last time and he mm. and he takes him around and he takes these different places and has this moment with him where he's like, I'm giving you the respect that you deserve in my eyes of being a savior of this island and all these things you've done and like, you know, has this, this like, gives him this honor the honor of like what he has done is good in some way but like it's so heartbreaking for his uncle because his uncle is so devoted to mm. what he is that when Jin steps away in that way and the shogun has required him to kill him that like yeah it's so full on it's so like heartbreaking for his uncle because his uncle is so devoted like like so devoted like he would die he would die obviously as a samurai but he would kill his own family to to for the samurai like it's it's like Mm. it really is everything to him and that is so complex and it's like so excellently done and it's like i i just i can't even explain how fucking weighty this last segment is like going and seeing his dad his dad's grave and and doing it there of all places Mm. and the fact that like he's crying like you can see that like it's it's the it's like because samurais are soldiers you know they are they are like they have to they stick to this code of honor and and that is it and you can see that his uncle is completely broken by what he is doing yeah you can tell that he does not want to do it but he's so code driven that he needs to and the tears streaming down his face whilst he's pulling his sword out and whilst he's explaining to Jin that he has to kill him. And it's just like, oh, it's so fucking good. 
and just like the walk down to the father's grave, like just the casual conversation, just knowing what was going to happen at the end there. It was just because he could have just easily been like, we're going to square off somewhere. I need to do it. But it was so heartbreaking for him to even get to that point because it's just he had so much. Like, like Jin had so much potential. He had so much riding on Jin. He was, he's a family essentially. And just to be told, you're going to have to kill him because he's disobeyed the code. It doesn't matter that he's essentially saved Toshima. He's not a samurai anymore. You need to deal with that. Yeah. And then the uncle, yeah, just being like, I have to do this. And Jin fully being like, I understand that you do, but I'm not gonna just yeah, roll course. over and let you kill me. And that and that's so, like, that's so no. excellent in itself. And the fact that like, you know, Jin is so intertwined to that honor as well and understands it. Where it's like it's not even like he's like, how dare you or anything. He's just like, Yep. Yeah. All right. Is, I, I I understand where we are. And and it's like this this like deep respect for each other, even though they're mm. adversaries, you know? in this moment and this like oh, it's it's it really is just like so so weighty it's so deep and there's so much intertwined like it does the flashback of the perfect moment and like it, oh it's just yeah oh, it's so intense like it, this has to be it might it might be my favorite moment narratively in any game Mm. Like just the payoff, I... just the pure payoff of it, just the pure, like, and, and trust me, there's moments that are that are so nuanced and stuff in games that I just love so much, like Kratos and and Atreus drinking and they go, however, ah, like those moments are just so perfect that like, but this is really truly like just as a narrative moment and how it's set out and how it's played out and the music and like how it's built the entire game is built to this moment and it's so yeah. perfect that I don't think that like, it's a, just a pure piece of narrative it's a pure piece of excellence it is that that moment like I said in Game of Thrones where someone dies like the Red Wedding like it's just all these individual mm. tiny little pieces that build this wall for it to come crashing down and the surprise of it crashing down and the majesty of it crashing down before your eyes and oh, it's just it's so good what was your? What did you pick at the end? I could. What was? Oh, did you? I didn't. I couldn't. Like, so, I was so, so clouded. So, if you don't kill him, because basically, his um uncle says that he has no honor. Like at the start of the fight, and Jin goes to him, like you said. I don't have any honor and that's why I'm not killing you because I'm not a samurai. I don't yeah. need to abide by that honor. And it's bittersweet because it's like your uncle lives, but he would have wanted to die oh, a warrior's cool. death. So, so he does, he does live. Mm. I thought it might but be he, it's kind of like, like, it's one of those situations where I was like, oh, after I made the decision, I was like, I wonder if it's forced the other way, you know, like he stands up and then or kills himself. Or do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's cool though that, that they do let him live. So that would be cool that you could like choose that in the next game maybe at the start. Like, did you or didn't you? You know. Hmm. 
because it's still heavy because the uncle even like Jin feels like he's done the right thing the uncle's like you should have killed me that's the honourable thing to do and for him to kind of throw it back being like I have no like she said I've got no honour so why should I yeah and And the uncle's being slightly happy I had that written down as a Mm. quote where I paused the game after they said it just to write it down and it was you have no honour and then Jin says to him and you're a slave to it which is yeah um you know, it really fucks with that morality of like, you know, he really is a slave to his honor because he's killing his own family now in the name of this yeah. this so called honor, this thing that he's created in his mind, you know. Because I didn't originally like me logically playing it. I was like, he, you would kill him because he it's, it's what he wants. It's what samurai do if they. A, like death in battle is the most honorable way of being killed but i'm just like he's your uncle man like i don't care if it's honor like i'm not gonna kill him really? and just see, it, see i, I it this was... is where i disagree there so i was like in that moment with the with the the pure brevity and the pure like emotion in the situation i like and i've written down my haiku um and I think this, the haiku I done plays into my decision. And, and oh, my yeah. haiku was eyes that saw my pain. Um, and I think that that was interesting. I chose that because I was like, you know, he, he can see what Jin's gone through and why he's made the decisions he's made. Mm. Uh, and then the second bit was, I wrote destiny divides our souls. And then the last mm-hmm. one was, this is where we part. And for me, that was that was where I was like, you know, in this moment for me is Jin. This yeah. is where everything has led to this moment. We've we've reconciled. We've you know he came to the last battle. You know I I I've saved him and he took back over and we had the argument on the bridge and there's so many of these different things that lead to this moment that I then decided in my mind that. That, that this is like this made it concrete in my mind that like mm. the samurai way is incorrect and that but also like i saw it in jin's eyes of being like but still he understands that honor he understands yeah. that like in, in that moment his uncle wants a warrior's death and that like yeah. i i i personally was like in the weight of the moment i was like yeah like we can never return from here. You're always mm. going to be my enemy. You're, we're always going to be against each other. So there's no point in continuing this. We've we've had it. You know, if this was the moment I was supposed to die as Jin, this was the moment I was supposed to die, and I haven't. So as far as I'm concerned, like I will give you the honor of death because mm. you know. And it was so fucked up. Have you played the other ending? No, I haven't. I haven't it's brought myself to so do it. Up. It's so fucked up. It's like. You know, it's full on tear jerk and shit and by the way if you're wondering what my third thing was if you've continued to listen to this podcast this is my third thing obviously yeah the, no obviously the moment that you know i shoved the sword through him it, it it's so fucked up and that you know Jin cries oh. and it's just oh, it's so fucked up and oh. I, I i just I, it's just such a, a an a culmin like a culmination i think this is where i was saying about this game is a tragedy where killing him at the end for me 
was like the the final of this tragedy it was this moment of like the culmination of all of this stuff this this diversion from the jed the jedi code jesus the samurai code that that brings <laughs> him to this point where you mm. know and, and and again like there's a lot of comparison between because jedi are based on samurai but like mm. you know that moment where anakin's lying on the floor like you know obi-wan should have killed him i believe into giving the mercy you know yeah but you know if a, an opponent's unarmed you don't kill him it's like it's one of those things where it's like and as a samurai you're supposed to face them and all that kind of stuff and there's so much division between him and his uncle and there's so much like but but there's still this like care and this love this mm. deep love that they have for each other and the fact that like he says to him like you're my son and everything and, and like he's crying while you're fighting him and he's like this is my punishment and all this it's just like oh god oh my god it's it literally is like like game of Thrones. It is, honestly. The, the emotional roller coaster and trauma. It's. But it's just so done. It's so well done. Like, I will go through that again. Like, I stopped playing. I recently started a playthrough and finished Iki Island. So after this, I feel like I'm going to go back and I'm going to force myself it's to so do that good. ending. It's so good. And and I have I have to say, if you explain to me what the other ending is, like it, I felt like my ending had more weight to it mm. than that, because Cause... In, in some way, just and again, I, I'm happy to differ with opinion with you here, but like in my opinion, him kind of turning around and saying, "Oh, I don't have any honor," like is just incorrect because he does have honor. He he just he's just his his code of honor has been altered by war. And his cold mm. honor has been altered by desperation and the need to survive and necessity. And that in that moment, that he's for me, he still has that deeper honor of, you know, I'm going to give this man the death that he deserves. Because at the end of the day, yeah, Jin, Jin for me in that moment, he he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to kill him. He never came with that idea. But the second that his uncle drew his sword against him for me that's the moment like with rizu where it's like okay now i have to put you down you know yeah um but it's interesting as a concept and it's cool that they give you that option like wow i don't because i feel like i just wasn't mentally prepared <laughs> to for one more pick draw. that option <laughs> that's it because i it it made sense for the story for to kill him because again it is even though a lot of people perceive Jin to be honorless he still quite holds himself to a code yeah. that aligns with the samurai code so it would make it made sense to kill his uncle but I could not bring myself to it I remember that choice sitting there and I, I think I left it there for ages like I was actually like shaking because I was like I can't do that like I know that it makes sense for the story but I can't and I was just it was like the most inner conflict I've had in such a long time from a game and then I'm like nah I'm not I'm not prepared mentally for this I don't I know I saved and everything but I can't bring myself to do it and yeah like you said, it. I feel like the ending 
it just feels a bit not em- completely empty, but it just leaves it open and it doesn't have that impact that an ending should have for a game, yeah, which is I enjoy it, it, but at the same time... It doesn't leave it, it on feels- a positive note. Yeah, it doesn't. It it just leaves it on this. You are now the ghost. You know, you this is, you are now this. You're now operating in this specific area where you're almost enemies of everyone, but saving everyone at the same time. And like, because mm. really, the only reason that Shogun even survived or even got Shishima back was because of the ghosts. But now the ghosts are the enemy. Exactly, you know? and that's where it so it comes back to the same point where it's like you know, the police are always after Spider Man, but like you know you know or batman or whoever you know they're always after the superhero because they don't like them but at the same time they're the person who saved everyone you know this this mass vigilante <laughs> and like that's what just it's it it's so good that it leaves it like that for me and that's why i think that as opposed to these other more complete stories that, that it leaves so much for you to to think and ponder on and have these different things that i think that the last of us is equal to this where it leaves you with all those mm. kind of things being like shit like you know, they made all these decisions and I can understand it, but at the same time, it's still so heartbreaking. And, you know, it's like, it's so good. It's, it really is like, for me, it is just a 10 out of 10 game. Mm. The whole game kind of leads you up to that moment because now, like, reflecting on it a bit more from our conversation, not killing him would be, like, the coldest thing Jin could do because... He's not letting him survive because um, you're my uncle and I want you to live. I'm letting you survive because that's against your code. You, you're you meant to be killed in a duel, so to be spared, like, that could be, like, if someone played it that way, yeah. it's like I would spared him more so because he's going to be, like, shunned by the Shogun now because he didn't die in battle. I spared him. I didn't see him fit to be killed or something like that. And it has more of a darker meaning. Mm, There's a darker meaning to it opposed to something innocent like, I just didn't want to kill him. I couldn't bring myself to it. But someone playing it could see it from that perspective being like, no, it's just disrespect to him. I do have honour, but I don't think you're worthy of my honour, so I'm just going to let you live kind of thing. And it it just makes you think, could you have all those moments in the game like, that lead you up to the moment. Even if it's just that you just watch that ending on YouTube, there is a mm. moment, there's a moment, and I don't want to sh- spoil it, there's a moment of speech between the two of them when you make the decision to kill him that is fucking powerful. So, like, like just thinking about it, yeah. it's been so long since I've actually heard it, but it's just the impact that it had, like... I have goosebumps just this, from this conversation. It's just so good and it's so it weighs on you. Yeah, and, and it's again, definitely something. And another testament to how fantastic this video game is is the fact that you know, mm. it causes you the emotions that you're feeling that is so visceral, and you still now that even when I'm talking about the other end that you didn't even play, you're getting goosebumps, and that you had to put it down, and you had to so much, such a moral quandary, mm. and you had to make that decision and stuff that like, you know, this really is like, uh, I think. I have to say that potentially, like I said at the beginning, potentially with the kind of pace that it starts off at, that I think some people might have jumped off of it too early. And that perhaps 
because of the way that it's structured i don't know but like i i think that this game is really truly up there with the likes of god of war and the likes Mm. of just like red dead redemption 2 and these like utterly flawless almost narrative experiences and that like i wish it was like sort of revered in that way and i'm not sure if it is but i i just think that like the general consensus doesn't always be like oh best game of all time goes to shima you know but like it really is like one of the best games that's ever been made mm. actually i think you're right with it being like a bit Underrated. slow at the start yeah as well because but yeah slow yeah, yeah slower yeah because at the start you kind of feel like oh it's just some samurai getting his revenge and the story doesn't really pick too much up until you start exploring more of different like alternative means to getting what he needs done and then you get like that's when they kind of hook you it's just like oh wow like this isn't just like a clean cut kind of story there's a lot of layers here yeah that's Mm. what like with the, the whole poison thing and stuff like that's very, yeah. very, very, very late in the game. But that's when you really start to think, fucking hell. Even my so-called code of ethics of being like, we gotta fucking get things done, is not the right way to go. You know, potentially because you've put this, this now blight in the world of pain and suffering. You know, and how, exactly like what is good? Because, because <laughs> mm, when that whole poison thing, when Jin thinks. I've got the upper hand here. I've done something. I've created something that is going to take care of them discreetly and whatnot. And then for them to instantly pick it up and use it against his own people and to see like the, like the despair and carnage is caused by it. And Jin feeling that guilt. He's like, I shouldn't like, I've done this. The Mongols have used my own tactics against our people, not me, our people. And again, it's an, yet another example of how complex that final moment is with your uncle, where it's like, your uncle, th- th- that final moment, and this is what makes this, this this final moment, this final closing narrative act of this game so fucking good, is that there is 110% a reason for you to believe in why his uncle's doing what he's doing. Hmm. Because you, you, like, you literally, this guy who's supposed to be a samurai has created this poison that people choke on their own blood to die, and you shoot it into their back. Like this is as this is grim as you can get, and like how that is now being used on your own people, and how much like like pain that Jin is going to have caused by creating that. Like mm. it's only the honourable thing to do to kill him. That's exactly it. And that then in that same moment that Jin has all of this like forced feelings of like I've done this for everyone and you know I, I care and like the only reason I've done it is because we were at war and I have to do these things and that you know you're a slave to honour and it's like there is a middle I think but it's just oh, it's so like up in the air and it's so fantastic it's so good. Mm, left for interpretation like yes it gives you all the story components but at the end of the day you're kind of there putting two and two together to make the outcome yeah and so well done oh, perfect um and then yeah 
and then it rolls credits and Jesus. But yeah, I, I would I would strongly suggest that you try out that second ending, even if it's just after this, <laughs> just just give it a watch on YouTube or something because it's it's so I good. Don't know. It's I so can't. good. Particularly, like I said, the the little bit of conversation they have between the two of them. And if anyone else listening to this that's uh, still here at this point, at uh, uh, one hour and thirty eight minutes of podcast, no more than that. Two hours, oh, wow. <laughs> over two hours oh. of podcasting. The the if you're still here at this point, thank you so much for listening to this. Yes, um, oh my goodness. The the also, um, I hope you enjoyed this game as much as we did because it is just yeah. so fucking good. And yeah, um, is there anything else you want to just just dip off before we wrap things up? No, that's pretty much it. It's just I was surprised it didn't get game of the year, but at the same time. It's just the game itself speaks volumes, and I think it's just one of those staple games now. I think that, as you were saying, they didn't get gay of the year. I think that we're in a world now where people are spoiled, and people are yeah. spoiled, and people are get, put these unbelievably high expectations on things, and that this game potentially has some tiny flaws in it in places. But I think mm. if you step back and look at the complexity of the narrative, it really is as good as The Last of Us or as good as these other games. It, it really it is. It really is. And I'm just happy that we've had the opportunity now to kind of sit down and talk yes. to it at length because I get a lot of people on Instagram, they're like, oh, your screenshots made me want to play Ghost. And yeah. it's just not something that I can fully convey in a picture. I mean, like we've kind of established, it's not something that we can fully convey into words as well, but at least it's kind of... A stepping stone to that we've kind of given a bit more detail as to why this game is just so good and it there is a reason why i consider it a comfort game now because it's just even though it's got such powerful and heavy material in it it's just worth going through again because it's just so well executed and it's just one neat little bundle of beautifulness yeah it, it really is just completely completely life-changingly fantastic this game and the the i think it's it's been again amazing to have this opportunity to be able to talk about it with you and to be able to have a breakdown of it in this way because the thing that i love about these games lost ark is that they they are just a news or they aren't something like that they're something that anybody can go back to at any moment and i hope that in years to come, there's someone that completes ghosts and I send them a link to this and they get to listen to this and go through it and have that conversation, you know, and, and for it to be something that, like I say, even we've opened each other's minds to different narratives and different mm. things. And it's just cool to have those conversations. That's why I like podcasting so much. You know, it's so great. Um, but yeah, we do have to wrap it up, sadly. As much as I'd like to continue yeah. to torture <laughs> today. Um, thank you to anybody who has who's, uh, listened no, to this thank you. Yeah. Fair play, if you have. And particularly... Fair effort. Particularly, Talia, thank you to you. You've been amazing again. Oh, thank you for having really, really me. Really, fantastic. Um, it, it's been amazing podcasting with you again. I can't wait again, because we are due to record another one next week. Um, we'll be yes. doing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which will be super fun to go to. Yeah, another... Um, I think 10 out of 10 video game for me um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to go through that but yeah thank you so much for coming on uh, we will leave it there <laughs> yes <laughs> and um, again and, thank uh, you <laughs> yeah yeah thanks so much but uh, you'll be able to catch us um, yeah next time and I'm sure Talia will appear on the podcast in the future and stuff like that so uh, it's, it is fantastic and thank you so much no thank you no worries. and thank you for listening bye yeah bye guys <laughs> thank you again 
for listening to another Pixie Gaming podcast, uh, whichever one it was you chose to listen to today. We are Pixie Podcast on Twitter, Pixie Podcast on Instagram, Pixie Gaming Podcast on Facebook, and Pixie Gaming Podcast on YouTube. And our website is www.pixiepodcast.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. You're all a bunch of legends. And uh, here's a little outro music. So enjoy.